This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday. It's the 20th of July. I'm sorry the weekend was short, but it's the same. Every time we get round to Friday, we get very excited. And then all of a sudden it goes like that. We had a little bit of rain, a little bit of sunshine. Then we had a lot of sunshine and we had a little bit more rain. And so it went on. And today is a busy day. It's believe it or not, I've actually got to record an in-conversation at 7 o'clock this morning. I don't think I've ever in my life done an in-conversation at 7 o'clock. And I've never been more thrilled to do it. Carol Vorderman is going to be in this morning. It'll be running for this weekend. Uh, we're talking about spelling. It's a bit of a downfall for me. Uh, Dean Gaffney in the papers wants Wellard back. Slight problem. He's dead and buried. Lots of guessing about Cheryl Versace Bassini's weight. Now we're told she's eating like a horse. And apparently the Scots are losing their accents. Well, I, mean, I think it's only right, isn't it, really? Uh, diesel cost plummets in the price war over the pumps. The bigamist husband of mine should be in jail, says the wife, who caught him on Facebook. And uh, by a complete contrast, a woman faked her lover's death to beat debts. She worked in, um, uh, in a doctor's surgery. She managed to get a death certificate and she put it in there. And uh, so they sort of pretended that he died which, of course, he hadn't at all. Uh, new low for the National Lottery. It's dipped below a million pounds. I think it's about £866,000. It's ridiculous, isn't it, really? When you think when it first started, it was £10 million on the National Lottery, and then all of a sudden they said, right, if it's a rollover, £20 million. Now, a rollover now can be about £5 million. I think you're stopping playing it, aren't you? Not looking so good, because they've got greedy. And they shouldn't have got greedy. They should have left it as it was and made lots of people very happy. Instead, you know that it's, it's fallen on hard times when you can get, you know, £120 million on the Euro millions. But during the week, you might as well not bother. Not so good. Not so good. Vending machines will soon serve salad and hot burgers. Uh, the English football team in their 1938 Nazi salute. It's nothing new, is it? We've seen it all before. We've watched people giving Nazi salutes. You've seen the uh, the pictures. The sun ran them. Very interesting that, in fact, when you actually check with Stig Abel, and yesterday I sent him a, a tweet. In fact, actually, no, he actually tweeted me first, and then I sort of wrote back to him. I'll tell you exactly what... Uh, because when he went in to do his programme yesterday for breakfast... Uh, I said, well, it'll be very interesting to see what the public think of it. You know, how, how, they, how they feel. And uh, he says, um, how could you not publish it? And, and I then texted back and said, but where did it come from? Somebody made a tidy sum out of it. I'm told it's a four-figure sum. And he then sent me a thing yesterday saying 80% of the callers were pro-sum. He said, go figure. Go figure. And, uh, and then I wrote, amazing, worth the money, I think. And then he wrote, stop trying to wheedle it out of me. <laughs> he won't tell me. Normally he's actually quite good. On this one, he's being a little bit, a little bit careful, a little bit cautious, because I think this could be... He, if, that's a, if that's only a four-figure sum that they paid for it, we're talking £9,999, which is nothing for something that generates like that. Now there's going to be a Channel 4 series... And uh, an old country is going to get all up in arms about it. But 80% were pro the sun. Um, it was a different time. The Nazi party were in existence, but we didn't know of the atrocities to come. In the same way that with Cyril Smith and with Rolf Harris 
and with Jimmy Savile and all these other people who were interfering and uh, and being out there paedophiles. We didn't know they had their pictures taken with celebrities. Does that mean that those people are guilty by implication? No, of course it doesn't, not in the slightest. But uh, when it comes to these uh, little children, they were, I think, about nine years old. The Queen, not happy, we're told. We're told that she's trying to find out, and it, it can't be too difficult to find out. Somebody will work this out and try and come up with, you know, what actually went on here. Is this an old clip that somebody knew about? Because, as I said to a friend of mine the other day, I said, even if I'd known anything about the royal family, I wouldn't have known that private footage existed of, of the girls giving a Nazi salute with the Queen Mother. I wouldn't have known that. How would you know that? Unless you'd either viewed it or you knew the family. And if you know the family, what would, what would be the point of somebody selling this to a newspaper? Have they had it for a while? Why now have they put it out there? But 80% of you weren't remotely bothered. Weren't remotely bothered. Uh, call is now growing, of course, for access to the Royal Archives, because there's loads of stuff in there. There's loads of things in the Royal Archives that people want to know about, and they want to see exactly what the Royal Family are, are doing and what they're accountable for. And I would want to see that. I would want to see that. I mean, why, why is everything such a big secret? It was like Ben Cohen and that uh, what's-her-face... Christina Rianoff dance, you know. Are you having an affair? No, we're just friends. Are you having an affair? No, we're just friends. Are you having an affair? Uh, yeah, we're having an affair. How long did it take you to tell us that one, Ben? Really, nothing worse. Any of the wife's going for it big time. And if you go up and take a picture of somebody's bottom in a shop, is that is that a crime? Apparently not. Apparently not. CCTV footage. Um, shows a girl called Gemma Newitt in a co-op supermarket when she spotted a bloke following her round. Um, he was wearing shorts and, uh, and he was taking pictures of her bottom. And then he ran from the store. Anyway, uh, police then found him in St Austell in Cornwall. Uh, he dropped his keys as he ran out. When he returned to collect them, he agreed to hand himself in. He's given strong words about his advice, but apparently taking pictures of somebody's bottom in a store uh, does not carry any charges. They say they couldn't charge him with voyeurism because that had to involve spying on somebody engaged in an intimate act. He couldn't be charged with sexual harassment because it was only one incident. So he was given strong words. Well, who is he? Who is he? Who is this pervert? Who is he? I mean, I think it's perverted. Do you think it's normal going up and taking somebody's picture of their bottom? And then the police say no. And they've caught him on CCTV cameras. I mean, I don't, where was this? What did he say? St Alstall in Cornwall. And there's a picture of it. I mean, really? I mean, really unbelievable. A former chief prosecutor said the man could have been charged with three offences. Nazir Afsal, who brought the Rochdale sex traffickers to justice, said it was absolutely voyeurism. Well, obviously, some sort of pervert. But he said the police could have also charged him with outraging public decency or causing a public nuisance. He added, it's voyeurism. There's no, there's no other reason he's obtaining sexual gratification. Absolutely. I don't see any... Any way round that at all. OK, they, they might not be able to charge him with anything, but it's still some sort of pervert. I'd like to see a picture of him, if the police know who he is and he dropped his keys. So what does he do? Is he a shop worker around there? I reckon by tomorrow we'll have him, uh, we'll have him outed. I'm still waiting for somebody to out the uh, old woman with the bowl of cereal driving over Hampton Court Bridge. I was a little bit disappointed that one's not been, uh, not been sorted out by now. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, we did have uh, the lady who's 100 and pregnant. Well, she's not, quite clearly. But she got a letter from the hospital. She's, of course, um, sort of thrilled. Uh, Doris is her name. Uh, Doris Ailing. She was given an antenatal appointment and told to write a urine sample. 
her, her children uh, are pensioners at the moment. She says she got this from Fairham Community Hospital. Uh, they did admit the blunder and apologised to her son, Brian, who's 76. <laughs> she says, um, I'm almost 100, so how can I be expecting? I've got three children, 20 grandchildren, but I've not been pregnant for 70 years. Uh, Brian, also from Bognor Regis, says it's very amusing. She got enjoyment out of it and everybody had a good laugh. A hospital trust spokesman said it was a rare administrative error and we've apologised for any unnecessary anxiety it may have caused. Well, you're just a bunch of prats, aren't you? Let's face it. I mean, why would you send a letter to a hundred years? I mean, surely you must have seen on the records she's a hundred years old. It's hardly likely that she's going to be pregnant, is it? Unless it is an act of God. Jimmy Carr's in the papers today. Uh, the reason that Jimmy Carr is in the paper, he's made nine and a half million pounds by closing down uh, a firm which handles his profits. Uh, reformed tax avoider Jimmy Carr, you remember he was using offshore until he was exposed by the newspapers, as indeed were quite a number of other celebrities. Uh, he will cash in after putting his company, F&N Goods, into voluntary liquidation. He signed a statement of solvency to close down the firm, which holds his profits from TV shows, stand-up gigs, DVDs and books. As sole director, he'll get all the money from the closure of the firm he set up in April 2010, so it's only a few years back. He apologised in 2012 for the terrible error of judgment in avoiding tax. Uh, he could pay out millions in tax. A company's house document reveals FN Good held 10.3 million in assets at its closure last week. It has 1 million in cash, 1,400,000 in money owed to the firm, and 7,850,000 in the company director's loan account. Bloody hell. There's more money in that old comedy than you could ever realise. It's amazing, isn't it, really? I know that people sort of laugh and they go, oh, could somebody really be earning this amount of money? The answer is, of course. Of course they could. Of course they could. These people go out and play the arenas and they earn an absolute fortune. Work it out for yourself. You know, even 5,000 people at 40 quid a ticket, work it out for yourself. Work out how much the programme costs. Then you're going to go and buy the DVD. These tours gross millions. Small wonder Michael McIntyre grossed, what was it, one year? £21 million. He doesn't need to work ever again. Twenty-one million pounds. His future is assured. His kids' future is assured. His wife, but he's going to be bored out of his mind, poor soul. Because once a comedian, always a comedian. And there aren't that many decent shows that you could appear on nowadays on the television. There's some very lacklustre shows. I mean, God, there's one coming up on ITV2. They scrape the barrel, don't they, on that program? What do I see on there? Some half-hearted Americans, and they were never funny. Americans were just never funny, and we have to put up with them on television programs. And Joey Essex. God, I thought he'd disappeared. I had no idea he was still alive. But apparently he is. I mean, he just turns up and utters a few stupidities. And we all go, oh, he's very funny, isn't he? I go, no, he's thick. It's as simple as that. How to keep kids happy in holidays. Apparently, £1,500 is the price. £1,500 is the price for keeping kids happy on holiday. And that will include, you know, the amusement arcade, buying them an inflatable boat, buying them beach ball, then they want a shrimping net, then they want ice creams, then they want chips, then they want burgers. So 1500 quid. Not bad, is it, at all? And, uh, and Mr Cosby, Bill Cosby, who says he paid off women after sex. It's, it's not going to go away, this one, is it? He admitted to paying off women he had sex with to keep them quiet. He's 78. He said he did it using a secret bank account to stop his wife, Camille, finding out. He also admitted giving women sedatives to make them drowsy before molesting them. He told the doctors he needed the drugs for back pain. Anyway, there's loads of cases coming out from the 70s and 80s. More than 30 women claim they were raped or sexually assaulted by Cosby. It's, it's an American one that sort of brings down yet another icon. Quarter past four.
See uh, Nick and the team with you at seven o'clock this morning. Was it really in the public interest to print the images of the Queen doing a Nazi salute? Well, 80% of people said yes yesterday on LBC. And are laws to stop people silently condoning ISIS needed? David Cameron's going to say yes. We'll hear from the former Foreign Secretary Sir Malcolm Rifkind. Shadow Defence Secretary Vernon Coker will be speaking to Nick after the National Security Council meeting he went to. Will he support the government's stance on bombing ISIS? That's Nick and the team at seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Chris Blackhurst, columnist for The Standard, will be looking at the papers Four this morning, and that's all after seven o'clock. Uh, somebody sent me, a, a gay DJ sent me in a, a lovely thing, which actually was um, very, very interesting. And it's all about uh, celebrity, celebrities sending you a personal video message. Get a personal video message from Daniela Westbrook. First two minutes, <sniffs> I should imagine. The rest of it sounds utterly dreary, and you can get it from various other people. Gay DJ reckons... But very shortly, we'll be seeing Peter Andre on there. I think there's already um, Chesney Hawks. Dear me, honestly, it sounds absolutely dreadful. And you know that half half the TOWIE uh, people will be on it and Kerry Coke Toner. Why would you want a personal video message from these people? God, blimey. What on earth is Chesney Hawks doing associating with these low-rent people? Disgraceful. And, um, and uh, Dr Christian... Well, he makes a lot of the papers today. This was after, and it's, it's, it's a nothing story. I talked about it with some friends the other day, and we've all decided what Dr Christian chooses, sorry, chooses to do when he's away from television is entirely his business. He's openly gay, he's over the age of consent, he's well over the age of consent, and he goes on to Grindr, which is the same as Tinder, which is a dating service for people who just want to hook up and have sex. Uh, I don't think they're really meeting up to have a cup of tea and a chat over a fairy cake. And so, consequently, he meets up with somebody and they exchange pictures backwards and forwards. It's a bit like lots of other dating sites. Uh, The difference being, of course, he's well known. And uh, people were telling me all sorts of things about him yesterday. And I said, to be honest with you, I couldn't care less. If somebody chooses to go on Grindr and they would hook up with somebody. Uh, The problem with this one was that uh, it wasn't the sending of, uh, of pictures... Which, of course, people are fascinated. You know, if it had been somebody really famous, as opposed to the man from Embarrassing Bodies, you know, we would have been even more excited by it. But we're not really. It was the fact that he was talking about the drugs that they can do and, and what would happen, all this kind of thing. I mean, that's just sometimes people talking, isn't it? They just go, hey, come around, we can do this. I'll have you singing, you know, from the top of the wardrobe and swinging on the chandelier and all this kind of stuff. And it's just, it's, it's just sort of to big up yourself. There's no doubt about it. He's a very fit-looking person. Uh, but the other person obviously decided to to sell the story. So they've got these pictures, uh, poor old Dr Jessen, and uh, because it's private. You know, if you were if you were chatting somebody up in a nightclub, you imagine there was a hidden camera there, and then somebody goes, oh, we're going to sell that to a newspaper. You know, you'd be going, but it's a private conversation. And his was a private conversation. Well, he obviously thought it was a private conversation, but the papers are fascinated by this, so the Daily Star got very excited. Now he thinks his bosses are going to call him in uh, over the, the stance on drugs. But then that doesn't matter, does it? I've seen people brazening it out on television. I do not take drugs. And I know for a fact they take drugs. That's why it's so interesting, isn't it? When people sit there, you know, Ben Cohen, are you in a relationship with that woman who's been the rounds? You know, no, we're not. No, we're just friends. So why did you spend the night? We're just friends. So you're having a relationship with her? No, no, we're just friends. Are you having a relationship? Yeah, we're having a relationship. (laughs) We knew you were lying all the time. Can't fool us, you know. We've been around the block a few times. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Dean Gaffney. 
Wants to return back to EastEnders, and he wants Wellard to be with him. He's only booked in for seven episodes. More than enough, thank you, as far as I'm concerned. I think we have to... Um, I have to see the end of Dean Gaffney after we had his dreary little story. The reason he was dropped, I think, for his um, his uh, his wild lifestyle, wild lifestyle. As he told us yesterday, he sleeps around and he was talking about his conquest. I felt immensely sad for him. I've met him. Well, I say met him. I've seen him. He's an emaciated looking thing. He's now looking emaciated and old, which doesn't really help. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, Dell says, at the weekend, the wife, me, and three kids went to the Sea Life Centre in Great Yarmouth. Family ticket, £65. I know, it's not... You see, I, was, I thought you were going to say you thought that was good value for four of you to go... Five of you to go in. 65 quid. I know it seems a lot of money, doesn't it? It does to me as well, when I think about it. And that's before you've even got anything. You can understand if it came with a free meal, a buffet meal and a cup of tea and or a Coke for the kids, but it doesn't. That's just the family ticket to get in. Probably the same for Legoland. Probably the same for any of these other places. The Tower of London to a family ticket. I don't know how much it is. And there's a family ticket for Madame Two Swords. And I should imagine... Can we find out how much a family ticket is for Madame Two Swords? Because I have a feeling that that's actually more than, than that. 65... I mean, the trouble is, it's... I can't really argue with something like that because I know how much it costs to feed animals. I know how much it costs. You know, and if it's a sea life centre, you've got to have the staff in there. They've got medical bills to pay. They've got loads of bills to pay. So £65, probably they've they've brought that down and gone, we think that's about right. And I mean, I, I don't know, actually. I've never been to Great Yarmouth. I've always fancied going to Great Yarmouth. It's up in Norfolk, isn't it? And uh, my uh, some of my family went to live up in Norfolk. But I'd love to. I'd love to go to Great Yarmouth. It just sounds like an old-fashioned seaside resort, a bit like Bournemouth, except Bournemouth doesn't look as I remembered it from when I went as a kid. And I'm sure that Great Yarmouth wouldn't have changed at all. I could quite happily live in a seaside resort. I'd like to live on the seafront of Southend. Maybe not Southend. I'll think about that one again. Actually, not Southend, because it's it's got a bit rough at times. But Great Yarmouth sounds like a good family place. You know where you could. I'd like to have a cafe where you could just serve English breakfast. You know, sausage, egg, chips, bacon. Beans, toast, usual sort of things. £5.50 or whatever it is. That's what I'd like to do. It wouldn't actually work out in real life because I spend most of my time eating the blooming chips. <laughs> uh, 84850. When you interview Carol Vorderman, ask her if she knows that she was a pin up for the SAS. Will she? I will ask her. Do, do you know that? I mean, I should imagine she's, she's been a pin up for, for quite a lot of people, Carol Vorderman. She, she was the only interview, I said yesterday, when she came in last time to doing conversation, which was months and months and months and months ago, it was the only interview that I opened up the papers over two days and people had lifted, journalists had lifted the interview with her. So I'll ask her about being a pin-up. She's in to talk about spelling, but as you know, with, uh, with Carol, we can, we can chat, about, uh, chat, about, chat about everything. I'll tell you what I'm addicted to on the telly at the moment, and I do love it, and I can't work out if it's a set-up. I cannot work out if it's a setup, and it's oh, I've forgotten the name of it now. But it's a, it's on the Food Channel, and I think it's Undercover Diners or whatever. It's something peculiar, and it means that somebody suspects members of staff of doing things which are underhand, and then this company go in with hidden cameras and they record the staff and they basically catch them out, and then the owner goes, "You're fired." It's a bit bit like The Apprentice. Only I can't work out if if it's if it's just a setup and the people are not really fired at all. I didn't quite understand it. And they had a bloke who had a La, a La Traviata. They're all, it's obviously all Americans, so we're perfectly safe talking about it. And uh, he had a chef in the kitchen who was buying... Um, they didn't call it Chilean monkfish. Chi- oh, sorry. They called it uh, Chilean. Chilean. 
which I thought were Chilean. Have you heard of such a thing? Anyway, he was buying cheap stuff and, uh, and pocketing the money. Now, if there's one thing that, as a, as a business owner, Undercover Diner... It's my phone, I know, it's just telling me that the ant is now sending me... Th- he, it's called Undercover Diner. Isn't it the best ever? And this bloke is sitting there watching, and this uh, chef is pocketing the money. He actually made a fake bill up for $660. My friend Paul Cooper would kill for this. He would kill. If he found out that somebody was, was cheating and pocketing money, he would have them hanging from a group of sprouts within about five seconds. Because, you know, the one thing you don't do is bite the hand that feeds. I've never stole... I can put my hand on my heart and say that in the 30-something <coughs> years I've been working here, I've never stolen anything. In fact, do you know the one thing I don't even do? I don't even use the telephone on the desk, mainly because I don't know how to do it. I've got no idea. I can't use a telephone. And I've got my own phone. I've got my own telephone. But the undercover diner thing, and then he confronts him and says, listen, you're saying this is Chilean... It's not. It's not. And you're cheating me. You're taking it. Also, he wasn't buying organic vegetables. He just said to the girl, just go to the local shop, get them, and we just wash them so all the pesticides are off, without realising that the pesticides are actually in the vegetables. That's the whole idea of buying organic. He's, he's going, you know, organic's a rip-off. I'm sure it is in some cases, but it's a case of you haven't sprayed anything on them to make them, you know, growth hormones or whatever. What you've done is you've actually grown them without any of this stuff, and that makes them organic, and they taste different. Like you growing stuff at home. I've got strawberries growing in baskets at the moment. They're doing quite well. They're not the biggest strawberries I've ever seen. But uh, I pick them. I don't wash them. I've never died yet. I've had a few touch-and-go programmes, but uh, I've never sort of worried about things. like People say you should always wash fruit before you eat it. I tend not to. I think, listen, I've managed to get this, uh, this ridiculous age without worrying about stuff like that. Uh, I, I went to Iceland. I told you about the thing in Iceland, didn't I, the other day, where I had an argument with this old lady. I'm pretty certain I told you about it. But just in case you're a new listener this morning, I went in there to buy some uh, some ice lollies for Paul Cooper, and they, they had 20 ice lollies, all different types, for three quid. I mean, seriously, you can't... You know, even if you just fill up the freezer with stuff like that. 20 ice lollies, three pounds. Ridiculous. You can, get, you can get six splits for, like, 89 pence. The split is the fruit ice over the ice cream. You know. And, uh, anyway, so... There's nobody at the till. There's a woman having her stuff put through. But there's one of those little disabled trolley things, and it's got some, some stuff on it. But it's not on the conveyor belt, and there's nobody with it. So I look up there, and this woman's going through the fridges. She's picking out stuff she wants. So, of course, I put my two items on the conveyor belt. Next thing, she appears, and she goes, you're pushing in. I go, I'm not pushing. I ended up having a stand-up argument with her. I nearly hit her. I said, I didn't push in at all. I said, you weren't here. I was here. I said, you weren't here. You were up there. And then she, you know, after I said to her, I said, you must watch your blood pressure. You're going to give yourself a heart attack. And then she used the the F word. And it was at that moment she kind of lost the argument. The moment somebody swears, you know, I said, you're very common, aren't you? So she then made a few other pronouncements and that was about it. But in the end, I sort of, I looked at her, I thought, no, you just can't. What do you think? You reserve your place in the queue. Ridiculous woman. Gets so angry. So anyway, so I do love Undercover Diner. It's very good. But I love anything on the Food Network, including the blokes who go round and eat in all these places. But they, um, they, they they never give them a bad review. Not one person has ever had a bad review. All they're doing is just eating something free. And they go, mm, this is the best ever. And you, could t-. and you look at the size of their meals over there. My friend Ant would be as big as a whale if he ate over there. I mean, it's so easy. They don't do small portions. Everything is huge. One of them had, like, six burgers and cheese and bacon and, oh, God. I felt sick watching it. But I love the cake 
girls. I love the people making the specialty cakes. One of my favourite bits. Uh, pardon me, we found a, a family ticket for Madame Tussauds. I'll tell you how much it is after a quick burst of the news. It's 4.30. With the headlines, Chaz Rowe. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Monday, 20th of July, weekend, very fast indeed. I found that somebody sent me a site which is specifically for Dr. Jessen. It's called Naked Fest. Naked Fest is an annual naked camping festival for men who are into being naked with other men. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know, my friend Ant might go for this one. Spread over three days and two nights, it's a fun naked weekend. What is it about people wanting to take their clothes off? I think unless, you're, unless you've got the perfect body, there is just no point at all in going to anything like this. Because you're just sort of, people just point and laugh. And uh, I get that enough at work, so I don't actually need to go out anywhere else. Thank you very much indeed. I love the idea that somebody here, Gay DJ, says, um, uh, officially verified by Twitter. Fibs, fibs, fibs. That's very fibby. You do not have the blue tick. The blue tick means you're verified. Uh, If you don't have the blue tick, you're not verified. People have tried it before. People have tried it before. But uh, only the blue tick means that you are verified, and they're very difficult to get. Although one of my friends, Jez, he seems to have got it. In fact, I've noticed everything I get, you know, sunglasses, all this kind of thing, he copies. Seriously. I mean, it's like being stalked. It's ridiculous. I went, so I went out Saturday and I thought, I'll buy myself some more sunglasses. And so I went into a, a local sunglasses shop and I bought two pairs really quickly. Both Ray-Bans, both pairs I've got before, the, the tortoiseshell uh, Ray, Ray-Ban Wayfarers, which are very nice. And, uh, and then I bought some other ones with the matte finish down the side because I had them before. And then this friend of mine, Jez, he just copied me. Oh, I've got these. I said, you've just copied me. He obviously sees me as some sort of guru, some sort of lifestyle being, you know, somebody who he's got to follow. And so in a, in a matter of seconds to buy two, because, you know, people say, do you want to try the glasses on? So I literally put them, I know straight away because I wear the same glasses. So I put them on, I go, that's fine. I go, oh, oh do you want them? I go, yeah, what do you think? I'm just trying them on for fun or something. No, of course I want them. So I bought two pairs. So that was 230 quid, which I thought was quite reasonable. I thought £115 for a pair of Ray-Ban Wayfarers, I thought was quite good. You know, I've, I've seen them more expensive. Uh, talking of more expensive, when we were talking earlier on and Dell said that he went off with the wife and himself and the three kids to the Sea Life Centre in Great Yarmouth, the family ticket there was £65. So I said, well, let's try and find out how much it costs to go to Madame Two Swords. Very popular. Very, very popular. You can go in there. Takes forever to queue. Put this way, the queue outside is only intensified on the right-hand side, looking at the building, by the length of the queue inside the building. So once you've done walking down Marylebone High Street on the right-hand side and then you go through the door, don't think you're in. That's another half an hour at least to get through. The thing with there is you've either got to buy your tickets in advance and then you can be fast-tracked in. You don't want to queue. It would drive you mad. Anyway, so how much is a family ticket? Well, we can't find out on their website. So we hunted out other discounted sites and we found a family ticket for £95. Now, that generally would be mum, dad and two children. How three children work out, it's got to take it over there, hasn't it? £95, and that's on a discounted site, because we couldn't find it. That might be a technical glitch, but that, that was the, uh, that's the best price that we've got so far. Uh, so if anybody else has got experiences of how much things cost for these family tickets, they, I thought the family ticket was the idea of doing it cheaply for you, so you got to go somewhere and it didn't cost you as, as much money. I think that seems like an awful lot of money. 
And uh, another one here. I've been to the King's Cross Theatre to see the Railway Children. Lovely show. They even had a real steam train. I recommend it, says Miriam. Yes, we know all about it. Oh, we know all about it. Uh, it's uh, brilliant. Uh, Jane says, Great Yarmouth is sadly like Jaywick and Clacton on Sea. Oh, with a load of white Ds. Oh, no. Trash. Oh, dear. Oh, that's uh, that's a shame. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, another one here, which says, 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 Oh, this is everybody talking about how much these family tickets cost, which seems to be an arm and a leg, doesn't it? I didn't realise. It's uh, very, uh, very embarrassing. Uh, Steve, use Tomorite on my veggies. Never used on flowers. Do you have miracle growth? No, I use Tomorite on flowers. Yes, always done that. Always, always, always used it on uh, flowers. Never used it on anything else. You use it on veggies, too. Right. Well, you can use it on anything. I use it on the strawberries. I use it on the flowers. And if you've seen the picture that I tweeted the other day, I think you'll find that my uh, my baskets are looking pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, which is uh, which is good news. Oh, I tell you what, we started a, started a thing the other day. Ever since we did Sheila Fogarty on In Conversation the other week, which everybody loved, even the boss liked it. So I thought that was a fairly good thing. Guess guess who wants to do it now? Guess who started writing to me? Seriously. Dear Steve, please, please put me on there. I want to be on the show. Who do you think? Ian Dale. Ian Dale. Well, I wrote back immediately. It's for celebrities. (laughs) And somebody wrote to him and said, Steve's very selective of who he puts on the (laughs) programme. You can't believe it, honestly. Cheeky so-and-so. Terrible. Uh, Right, uh, some more of your uh, texts and emails. Uh, Lynn says, uh, enjoyed Andy Murray winning at Queen's Club for Team GB in the Davis Cup. Again, in one ear and out the other again. I know what it all is. It's just I can't get excited over watching tennis. I don't know why. Is there something the matter with me? Am I supposed to like tennis? Am I supposed to like cricket? Am I supposed to like football? I don't. I'm always quite honest about, you know, what I don't like. And I couldn't sit... People go... I watched the other day. We went out. We'd do the walk in Regent's Park, as you know. And there was a big run round there, which is great because it doesn't bother us in the slightest. And uh, we were talking to a couple of ladies. Went, where's, where's the dog? And, of course, the dog was running about all over the place, enjoying itself, following all these different smells. And, uh, and we saw all these people walking up the road going to Lord's, which is quite, quite close to where we go into the park. And, uh, and you see all these people queuing up with their boaters and uh, everything else and their ties. And I think to myself, they're, they're obviously really looking forward to it. I couldn't think of anything worse, seriously, than spending a day out there. Um, uh, also fascinated by undercover diners. If you read the credits, it says it's a reenactment. Oh, right, OK. Because I thought that somebody wouldn't, you know, because otherwise I'm surprised nobody's hit somebody. And the acting is quite bad on some of them. They come in and go, what's this? Well, you know, like they've never seen a film crew before. And then they get fired. So I'm assuming it's somebody who's been fired and then they sort of they do a reenactment of it. So it's not the not the real people. So there you go. Thank you very much indeed. Still waiting for my shirts from Tommy Bahamas to arrive in the country. Bit excited, bit excited, as you can imagine. Three coming over this time. Three coming over. So uh, love stuff like that. Uh, Steve, uh, love the programme. Hate Monday morning. Yes. And somebody says it's a fake, mate. Sorry to burst your bubble. Undercover restaurant. Yep, it's fake. And set up with people on it and actors. Another fake and staged American programme. I love It's like the... um, Who's the uh, the chat show host in America? Jerry Springer. And then they go, and here is uh, Siobhan, and on comes Siobhan. And you know that Siobhan has got a boyfriend. 
but her boyfriend has been sleeping with somebody else. And so then they bring on the person who's been sleeping with, with Siobhan's boyfriend. And the next thing is they start fighting on the stage. And the audience are like, Jerry, Jerry. And they go like that. And I'm, I'm watching it thinking, this is like the Roman gladiators. It's deliberately staged. I mean, because what they should do, if they were really interested in this, is just not have the bouncers separated and just let them fight it out. Eventually, somebody's going to pull somebody's wig off and it's going to turn out. I mean, they have the oddest thing. I've been going out with this woman. I think she's gorgeous and it turns out to be a bloke. I think Montel Williams used to do a programme, or somebody did in America, called I've Got a Secret. And you knew that it was going to be another transgender person. You can't move at the moment. How would you feel if I sort of decided to be transgender? I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought well, everybody else is jumping on the bandwagon. I don't want to sort of miss out. I thought I'd be a man. What do you reckon? Think I could get away with that one? Probably not. It's a little bit too far-fetched, isn't it, even at this time of the morning. But everybody's doing it. Every time I open up the newspapers, there's another transgender story. And surprisingly, well, not surprisingly, because I know a, a number of, uh, of transgender uh, ladies, uh, I'm going to a wedding very, very shortly, and I've got no idea what to buy. And I mean that perfectly seriously. I haven't been to a wedding for ages. This is a transgender wedding. Only one is transgender. And I don't know what to buy as a present. I mean, I really don't. It's a, it's a difficult thing. What do you buy for somebody's wedding present? When you get to a certain age, years ago, you could understand it because nobody knew what to buy because people didn't live together. Now people have been living together for years before they get married. And then all of a sudden they go, we're going to get married. And people go, do you need anything? They go, well, actually, we've got everything. Years ago, you could say, I'll buy you a toaster or I'll buy you a milk jug or something stupid or stuff. Well, people have got it all now. So I don't know what you buy somebody. The last uh, producer... Uh, who, who, who got married, no, the time before, actually, the last producer who got married, I bought a lovely picture frame from Shirovsky, which was, cost an arm and a leg, but it's beautiful, and it's really nice, actually, and they, I thought they, they, they could actually put a, a nice picture in there, but it's difficult to know what to buy people. Uh, Mark says, the, uh, the Royal Salute picture furor is all a storm in a teacup. They were just asking, please, sir, can I go to the toilet? I think it is a storm in a teacup, because now we've got the English football team doing exactly the same, so, you know, those people who think that maybe that sort of goes, oh, the Queen's a Nazi, you know, could not be further from the truth. They were little girls in a garden. This was, this was the Nazi party. But they didn't know of the atrocities to come. Nobody did. Nobody could have guessed that one, could they? Goodness sake. Uh, what else we got in the papers? What else we got in the papers? The, uh, the picture on the front of the mirror this morning is of the Queen. To be honest with you, I don't, uh, seriously, I don't think she needs this kind of crap hoisted on her. She really doesn't. She's, uh, you know, there will be other leaked secrets. Uh, one of her close confidants, and I think it's Margaret Rhodes, has said, you know, this is just ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. It won't make any difference to the royal family. And uh, Margaret Rhodes is the Queen's cousin. She wrote the book about, um, about the Queen Mother. And it's quite rare for the royal family to have somebody in the... Uh, the actual family who would write a book like this. You almost have to get permission... And uh, she, the Queen Mother died. Uh, Margaret Rhodes had been out. Uh, the Queen Mother was, uh, was at home. They'd taken there and they knew she was dying. They knew it was only a matter of time. And when she came back into the house, because I think Margaret Rhodes was the first one there because it was the, the house which they, they knew very well. And they go back a long time in her book, Margaret Rhodes and the Queen Mother. Loads of pictures of the royal family relaxing. And she says here, it's just business as usual, just business as usual. But historians do expect more big leaks. And I reckon this time round it'll be Prince Philip. And uh, but Margaret Rhodes has said this is it's nonsense. It's a fuss over nothing. 
And I tend to believe Margaret Rhodes because she came across as ever such a nice person and obviously has the ear of the Queen. She had the ear of the Queen Mother. And um, and when she, I think she did, she did her deepest curtsy. Because when, when she got back, they said the Queen Mother's died. And uh, they sort of laid her out in the bedroom. She went in there and she said, because they'd known each other for years, she said she gave a very deep curtsy for the Queen Mother. There's a lot of respect for this family. You know, and I think the Queen, you know, this is 80 years ago. <laughs> God in heaven. I mean, how much further back do we want to go? Bring up, I mean, those poor old um, tourists in China who were furious because they got arrested, because they were watching, was it a documentary on Kublai Khan or something? Or Genghis Khan, that's right, Genghis Khan. And they, the uh, the Chinese thought they were watching something else. They thought it was a bit of propaganda. No, it's Genghis Khan, dear. Do you not recognise him? Obviously not. So they all got arrested, and, you know, for two or three days it was all a bit ballyhoo. And now it's, uh, now it's sort of changed. Anyway... Uh, the Queen's lifelong confidant, Margaret Rose, says the whole thing is a ridiculous build-up. It's laughable and should just be written off. And that's what I think the Queen would be expecting people to say. And 80% of you the other day didn't have any problem with it being in the newspaper or on the front pages. We'll find out this morning when Nick Ferrari talks about it whether or not you think the same today. You might think differently after the weekend. You might have read other reports now. There's going to be a, a television programme. Do you want to know more about... Um, about the royal family? Do you want to know more about things they got up to? At one time, they, they leaked little bits and pieces. I want to know more about the new Lib Dem leader. He's slightly odd. When I say slightly odd, he can't commit on gay marriage because he's Christian. And he kept hedging. He kept going. And I thought, wait a minute, this isn't what the Lib Dems were about at all. They're alien- alienating themselves even further. And they're obviously now trying to do damage limitation. But uh, I think the damage has been done already because nobody's ever heard of this bloke and probably they won't ever hear of him again. Nearly 14 minutes to five. Steve Allen on LBC. The more I hear about this undercover, the more depressed I feel that it's set up. I feel quite cheated by the whole thing. So they're obviously just sort of reenacting. Here we go. Let's have a quick look uh, at uh, more prices of these family tickets. Bird World... Forty-eight ninety-five family tickets, says Mary. Although, um, Mark, sorry, no, Kevin, the milkman, says, me and my 11-year-old son paid over 40 quid to get into Legoland last month. Not even a family ticket. Crikey. So I just need to find more of these things now, because it's, it's amazing, actually, how much these things cost to go into. Frightening. I don't know how you afford to go out, because by the time you've done that, and then you've bought lunch, and it's going to be burgers and chips, isn't it? It's not going to be anything sort of like spag bowl or something like that. Uh, well, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Ian has sent me in the family ticket price thing. This is on... What's this one for? This is uh, Marvel Superheroes 4D and the new Star Wars experiences uh, in May. Uh, that was this this year. And they were doing adults from £24.75, a family ticket, £92.70. Wow. And then there was a VIP fast track ticket. And we never got as far as that one. £92.70 for a family from from £92.70. Makes it sound even worse. The time you've got there, of course, you can't. Kids don't understand prices, do they? They've got no idea what you're talking about when you sort of go, oh, it's very expensive. You can't actually have a have sort of a nice sort of meal out. You've got to have something a bit cheaper. Carol reckons, read the wedding gift. Get the couple a gift card to a lovely restaurant. Night out for them and a clutter-free gift. It's a good idea, isn't it? I don't know what they eat. Well, I don't, don't want to give it to the wrong people. I don't want them to sort of, you know, think I've sent them to a nice restaurant. They're both vegetarian or something like that. 
I'll have to check on it. I'll have to check on it. I'm sure it'll sure it'll go down well. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Neil um, has got 647 followers, bless his heart. And he's in Somerset. They don't actually talk like that down in Somerset. Well, not everybody does. Especially as there's a piece in one of the papers today which says that uh, the Scots are losing their accents. I remember years ago there was a piece that was run on the BBC and it had a, a Scottish farmer being interviewed. And you couldn't understand a word. And it was, see you, Jimmy, and all that kind of stuff. You couldn't understand a word. They put subtitles up and people complained bitterly. How dare you put subtitles? I thought, well, it's actually a lot easier. A lot easier. The Merlin Pass is about 100 quid, says Tony in Paddington. But it gets you into loads of places. You see, I think that, um, you see, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting passes for places. I think £92 is an awful lot. I mean, for a year, you could understand it. A year, you could understand it. Magoto's listening. Says, up for my early morning breakfast with Steve Allen. A-double-L-E-N. And Teresa says, I remember when we were children in 1945, we used to draw swastikas on the pavement and sing a song which took the mickey out of Hitler. Yes, there's been lots of songs like that. See, that's in 1945, so that goes to prove in that short gap, 1938, the pictures of the the Queen uh, and Margaret, uh, as children were taken, the English football team then, 1938, also doing the Nazi salute. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. You could also buy the couple, says Stephanie, uh, some champers and two crystal glasses. Yes, I think that's quite a nice thing, isn't it? But the trouble is, once you've drunk the champagne, it doesn't seem to last. I looked at, we were in Waitrose yesterday, they do a little bottle of Prosecco. What in God's name is that for? Who is that for? A little bottle of Prosecco. What's the point? And it looked like it was worth about two glasses full. I mean, I would feel very, very cheated. Um, 84850. Uh, how about a, a properly fitted straw hat, Steve, that would go with your wayfarer, says Tim. A good look? Probably not, actually. Probably not. I, I do suit hats. I'm quite lucky. I do suit hats. But uh, I'm not sure about a straw one. Uh, the hat shop in Burlington Arcade, says Tim, does quality straw hats. I do like Burlington Arcade. Now, now you've sort of tempted me. And it would good look. It would look very good with my Wayfarer classic tortoise, tortoise sunglasses. <laughs> you see, but the more I think about it, the more exciting it becomes. Actually, but I want to go and watch these people making cakes in America. I know they do it over here. I know they do it over here. But you have these. There's the cake girls in America, and all these other people, and they make these fantastic wedding cakes. I mean, seriously, I watch them and I think. God, what a, what a gift to have, to actually be able to make a cake like that. And somebody comes in and says, I want it designed like... I mean, I remember years ago, a friend of mine, Lily, who lives in Sloan Square, and she had a Jane Asher cake made for me, and it was like a radio. And it was the first time that I'd ever actually seen uh, a specialty cake. And Jane Asher makes cakes for all occasions, as you know. But this one was, was done like a radio with LBC written on it and had the dial. And I thought, that is so clever. Now in America, they make these things. The radio works. I mean, quite clearly, it's not all icing, sugar and sponge and things like that. Um, Michael and Paul says, you reminded me, they got me to learn Kublai Khan, the poem at school. I can still recite some lines from it. I can't remember who wrote it. I don't know either. And uh, kids off school, rip off time for the family. Same old story. Yeah, they are off school, aren't they? They are off school. And uh, another one here. Uh, A lot of people sort of suggesting what I can buy for uh, a transgender friend of mine who's getting married. 
It's actually going to be quite a good do because the uh, it's being held at Wilton's Music Hall and you know how much I love Wilton's Music Hall. In fact, we were sort of fairly instrumental, I think, in sort of getting people to go down there and, and have a look at it because you won't see anything like it ever again. You really will not. Uh, Adam says, My family used to go to Drusilla's Zoo about 10 to 15 years ago. And you're talking about family tickets at places. got me wondering how much it costs now. Cheapest price for a family of four, which we were, £52. My dad would explode at that price, probably be double that in a decade. He says, oh, and I love Jerry Springer, met him too. Well, he's British, isn't he? I did an interview with him many, many years ago. I mean, many, many years ago. Many, many years ago. Uh, 84850. Steve the Chav says, went to Twickenham recently, and I've been reading now about notable residents. No mention of me. No, I don't, well, I mean, I'm not a notable resident. They don't put down current people. They put down people from, from ages ago, don't they, in history. And we are steeped in history, as, of course, you probably discovered. I'm sorry, you better not go there again. We don't want anybody called the Chav. Thank you very much indeed. We don't encourage things like that. You need to go to Hounslow. Hounslow would suit you much better. You're certainly not not welcome in our area. Uh, The problem is, says Siobhan, Andy Murray is so boring when he's playing tennis and he makes ugly faces. Connors and uh, McEnroe were far better when they were doing uh, tennis. Yeah, I think the whole tennis thing has changed, hasn't it? I I think the whole tennis thing has changed. I don't mind, actually, because I don't... um I don't watch it anyway. I couldn't care less. People go, oh, isn't it great? It's Wimbledon. I go, whatever, whatever. And uh, Len says, have you ever interviewed Jerry Springer? Yes, long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. He is London and he went to America. But he used to do a different programme. The programme that Jerry Springer used to do on the television in America was like sort of a, a little chat show with various people on it. And it started dying. It was sort of going imploding on itself. And so they then came up with the idea of doing uh, people having big arguments and him sitting there going, right, so you slept with with her and then she slept with your best friend. And that's how it then... And then people started arguing and then there were fisticuffs in it. And the moment it changed into that was the moment it started getting the the audience. Uh, Lynn says, I don't like it when children go back to school after the summer holidays and teachers ask them to write what they did during the holidays. There are many hardworking parents that can't afford all these holiday activities. Well, that's why we we teach children to die, uh, to, to die, to lie. Make them lie. Where did you go? First day we went to Verbier and uh, we did Gestat because uh, my mother's got a, got a chalet there. Just tell lies. Nobody knows. Nobody's going to check it out. It's like doing references nowadays, isn't it, for a job? You know, you put down, you know, I was educated here. Have you ever known anybody write to your old school and go, did you really enjoy, uh, em- employ uh, Stephen? Was he at school there? What was he like as a pupil? Did he stare out the window? What did he excel in? Egg and spoon, I think they used to write on my thing. So that's why. You always tell, tell kids fib about it. Whenever people always say, you know, so what did you do? People used to say, here, I used to have a producer. I'd come in on the Monday morning and he'd go to me, have a good weekend? And I'd go, yeah. And then he'd go, what did you do? I'd have to sit down and make things up. I didn't, I didn't like to sort of say, well, I, I, I just went shopping and I went out for dinner and uh, then I went home and opened a bottle of Prosecco because it makes it sound a bit dull. So you have to start making things up. Like, uh, we went down to a lavender farm, which I did, of course, and uh, we did this, and then we went round and had a look at this, and we went to look at freshwater fish, and then we went slightly shopping, and then went to the New Forest, and we had uh, dinner in the middle of New Forest in a lovely restaurant. Whereas, truth be known, you just sat in a shell filling station putting murderously expensive petrol in the car, and then you drove home again. So you have to sort of make yourself sound interesting, especially on a Monday morning. It's no good going on a Monday morning today and people say, what do you do for the weekend? And going, um, God, really a load of things I can't remember off the top of my head. My friend Ant went to a barbecue. 
my least favourite thing to go to. I hate barbecues. I don't even enjoy the food at barbecues. It's odd, that, isn't it? I'm obviously not enjoying... I've turned into a real grumpy old person. I'm not generally grumpy. I just sort of think that, you know, sort of people say, oh, you know, should we have a barbecue? And I'm thinking, I'd rather go and stick my head in a bucket full of uh, apple juice. I don't know why I thought of apple. I was, I was thinking of all the revolting things you could stick stick your head in. And apple juice came to me this morning. Uh, lots of stories in the papers today, especially about foreign aid cash uh, spent in some countries on trapeze classes, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why we bother, really. A little tiny place like us, this little gilded aisle, and we're sending money out of it, left, right and centre. Millions and millions and millions of pounds. Vending machines will soon serve salad and hot burgers... But you can always... We used to have burgers in our machine and they, they were wrapped and then you took it out and you put it in the microwave. Why would it be a hot burger? It would go off very quickly, wouldn't it? And uh, the idea of a salad in a vending machine. It's not very exciting. I just like the chip machines. Remember the chip machines we talked about a while ago? And you could put your money in and it cooked fresh chips. I mean, it was very slow and time-consuming. Better to go to the fish and chip shop. But it was a, it was a, a chip machine. And you could get hot. The trouble is now there's so much vandalism, isn't there? So you wouldn't trust it. People who are trying to push the thing over, and then you get hot fat all over the place, and then it would burst into flames. And then it'd be terrible. Uh, Mitsubishi, that's the uh, the Japanese car giant, must say sorry. They use thousands of POWs, prisoners of war, as slave labour. They have to say sorry. That's in the papers today. Plus robbery, knifings, and murder. What do you think that was? In the blackout. Apparently, it's the other side of the Blitz spirit. Café Royal gets blitzed. Time the police got there. It had been looted. Who by? Londoners. Not good news. It's LBC coming up to the news at five o'clock this morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. The Met Police and their secret racist abuse of gypsies on Facebook. Some of the things they've written, you might agree with. Some of the things they've written, you think, should they have ever written things like that? The city that's set to ban smoking on the beach. Uh, the bigamist husband should be in jail, says his wife, who caught him out on Facebook. Uh, diesel costs plummet in the price war over the pumps. Strictly Ben Cohen's wife, I'm not being a wimp, she says. I know the truth. And the seagull poisoned and dumped at the police station. It's a warning of things to follow. And if you want the original Batmobile, it can be yours. The asking price, £5 million. Pounds. Go raid the piggy bank. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. News is next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday, the 20th of July. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I know, those weekends get shorter, don't they? Just when you think to yourself, I could do another day. I know somebody, yesterday, I, well, I can't tell you who it is, but uh, somebody phoned them and said, oh, you're, you're supposed to be at work today. And they went, oh, I'm so sorry, I've overslept. They put the phone down and went back to sleep again. <laughs> Which is fatal, isn't it? We've all done it. We've all done it years ago. Come on, you've got to get up for school. OK, I'll get up in five minutes. And you leave it till the last minute. This morning, you need to be up. It's the 20th of July. Come on, goodness sake. Uh, the Queen, seen in public for the first time since the Nazi salute saga. Uh, the oddball who took a picture of a girl's bottom in a shop. Please say, no crime was committed. Dear thin end of the wedge, I think. And the surfer who punched a shark live on television. You could see it coming up behind him. And you think, whoa, if you can see the top of it as it's going through the water, where the dickens is the mouth? Uh, the Strictly Curse strikes again. As Ben's wife, Ben Cohen, wants a divorce, having lied to her consistently for ages and ages, he is having an affair 
with uh, with that woman that we thought he was. Uh, new low for the National Lottery. The jackpot dips below £900,000. It was so much better years and years ago. Uh, the city that's set to ban smoking on the beach. I can tell you now it's Brighton. And, um, and, and the Scots losing their accent. I don't know, are they? I think they, they might be, actually. Although it's interesting because if you listen to Sheila Fogarty who was with me on In Conversation this week. She's Irish. She's from Irish stock. And you wouldn't have the faintest idea, would you? You wouldn't have known unless you'd heard it on the programme. Uh, Charles, Prince Charles, has warned we have 35 years to save the world. Thank goodness I won't be around at the end of it. And ISIS are now using suicide chickens. They've obviously decided it's a cheaper way and a cheaper option. Uh, apparently, um, Winnie says you can get so many two-for-one offers... Uh, my cousin and hubby came to stay and were desperate to go to Madame Two Swords. My two-for-one cost £30 instead of 60 The two-for-one queue is separate and very short. Yes, it's the, it's the VIP one you want, though, Winnie. That's the VIP one. You don't want to... I mean, I have queued in the other one. Oh, it takes forever. And then you get inside, you think, oh, we're nearly at the door, nearly at the door. And then you go inside and then you go up a staircase and then another staircase. And, you know, you're just literally inching along. It's so slow. It's so slow. What they should do, they should have a system outside where you can buy a ticket in an automatic machine. Would that not make it better for these places? Does it nothing more infuriating? It was good value once you got inside. It was good. I thought it was good value. You can have your picture taken with all the all the uh, the waxworks, except the royal family and a few other people, which you have to pay for. You have to pay for that as a separate thing. I think the ET thing you have to pay for as well. So, you know, they, they sort of take money off you every which way, but that's, that's what they do. They're a business. They're supposed to do things like that. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And um, somebody says, for the, for the wedding, why don't you give them 100 to £200 uh, as you're a wealthy Radio presenter. Well, that is true. Bless your heart for even caring. Uh, <laughs> some more of your uh, texts. And oh, where's that one gone to? Oh, there it is. There. So I thought I'd missed out, actually. Uh, the subject of the uh, of the wedding gift. Uh, Richard says, I've been to a couple of weddings recently where it was second time around with couples who already have everything. Yes, I mean, I, I didn't really know what to buy for, for Peter Andre for his wedding gift. And then I hit the nail right on the head. Penicillin. And I thought that would be ideal, wouldn't it? I mean, what else do you give to the man who's got everything? He's already been married once before. He's got his house. I'm assuming he's got a toaster, whether or not Peter Andre can cook. I suspect he probably sort of faffs around, around a barbecue. Uh, The Royal Mint is very good. Fantastic place for a nice little keepsake. Great for christenings too, says Richard. Yes, I bought somebody... I went to a christening a short while ago, and I bought a little silver tube, which I rolled a £50 note up in. I'm not sure I should tell you the rest of this story. So I rolled the £50 note up and I put it into the tube and I looked at it for about a week. And I thought, that's quite nice. And then I took it out and put a £10 note in there. (laughs) No point. They used to make years ago, ladies will tell you of a certain age, that if you had a charm bracelet, there was one of them. It was a ten shilling note that was folded into a little tiny box. You remember, ladies? And a pound note as well. And it all fitted. And you think, has somebody really folded it? They had. They'd really folded it in there. (laughs) Uh, Steve... I live along the conservation area of South End Seafront. It's beautiful, full sea, sea views, simply glorious all year round. Come and visit. Yes, I'm sure the conservation area is probably a lot nicer than the other bit, which isn't as nice as it could be. Uh, Steve, uh, Stig said 80% of callers were in favour of the sun printing the pictures of the Queen as a child doing the Nazi salute. That's because he changed the question he was asking throughout the show. I think he was doing damage limitation by asking should we know more about the history of the royal family? Different question, different outcome. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good one because I remember years ago 
there was um, there was another one that they did it on a tele- was it yes prime minister I think it was yes prime minister where they uh, Sam Pri Appleby was saying you know it's the way that you you phrase it prime minister you know should we give our soldiers guns uh, so shall we should we give our police guns no should we be able to arm our police so they can defend themselves in an emergency yes so same thing different answers. And I think that's the same thing. I mean, Stig said it was 80% of people in faith. I think nobody will think, I don't think, I might be wrong, but I don't think anybody will think that that has done the Queen any harm at all. Because those people who are, who are staunch royalists, uh, the Queen does no wrong at all. And you know, through her service to the country, exactly what she's, what she's done. I'm not saying that all members of the family have been like that. I just want to know, and I'm very curious, very curious as to who leaked it? Who sold it? A four-figure sum, the mail say. That doesn't seem very much, does it? £9,995. I would have thought that something like that, for the coverage that they've got... Perhaps they don't pay as much money for the newspapers now. I would have thought that would have been a twenty, thirty thousand pound gig. But who would know where it was? Would that be a researcher going through the archives who's found it? Because whoever it is, if they're still working for the royal family, they're going to be fired very quickly. And they, uh, they might take action as well, because if it's private footage, if it's proven to be private footage, then they have a, a clear case of somebody who's taken a copy of something and sold it for money to a national newspaper. I can remember Piers Morgan getting fired because he had a picture of Prince William having a wee behind a tree. And he was fired on the, on, on the strength of, of that. Mind you, I saw him interviewing Julie Goodyear the other day. God, they're dreadful programmes. Piers Morgan interview. They're dreadful, Piers. They should be so much better. But, uh, but not really. Uh, Steve, the first special cake I bought was for Brian, says Noreen, in the shape of, yes, a beef burger. Do you know what I had in the shape of a beef burger? A radio. I won it in a competition. And it was a competition to be a radio presenter that the Wimpy Bar did. And it was a national thing. And they said, you know, what does, what does it take to be a radio presenter? So I had a go long before LBC, and I won, and the prize was a hamburger radio. I mean, honestly, nowadays it seems like it was worth threepence, but in the time I was quite excited. Um, Steve, you just mentioned chips. Do you remember your mum having a contraption where you put the potato in, like a metal grill, pull the handle, and voila, potatoes ready for putting in the hot fat? I, uh, we didn't have one of those. My mother did literally cut chips. She peeled potatoes. I mean, now... It's cheaper to go and buy a bag of chips and take them out of the freezer, isn't it? But she peeled potatoes like lots of other people. And, uh, and she says, um, I can't help thinking about that poor man stabbed in the car incident. Just got the all clear for cancer. I know, 79. There's a picture in one of the papers today of the uh, person who was accused of the... I mean, seriously, it's just... It is awful, isn't it, that a family's got to come to terms with things like that. Dreadful. Bishop Stortford bound today to meet friends. Do you know, strange you should mention Bishop Stortford, Noreen, because I looked in... Country Life the other day. I couldn't get Country Life this week. I don't know why. Mr and Mrs Modi didn't have it. And I was very disappointed. So I shall hopefully get one this week. I might take out a subscription. It's probably a cheap way of doing it. And I was looking at Bishop Stortford. And there's a lovely house for sale in Bishop Stortford. Very nice. It's just a bit too far out for uh, for here. Uh, Phil says, why don't you offer yourself in the Bentley as chauffeur for the day? Don't push it. Don't push it. And uh, Mark says... There's always been so many Scots who don't sound like Rob Roy's. Tony Blair, prime example. Aha. Um, I see that Channel 5 are in a bid to make police interceptors more dramatic. 
They've got Vinnie Jones to present it, says Malcolm. Oh, God, that old has-been. Lord above, we don't want people like Vinnie Jones back on the television. He wasn't much cop when he tried to do his own reality show. Not uh, not so good, I'm afraid. And, uh, and Danny says, en route from Glasgow to Newquay. He says, uh, thank God for the Steve Allen show and LBC keeping me company. It always works, doesn't it? It always works, LBC. There they go. Does LBC keep you company? Absolutely. That's why people do the podcasting. That's why people do the podcasting of this programme and everything else on LBC, because from as little as... T- you notice that how effortless that was? Just effortlessly, effortlessly flowed into... From as little as £2 a month, you can download everything on LBC. The In Conversations, and you get to keep them. It's not like iTunes, we're just borrowing it. You get to keep them, and you can download everything. So if you're going away on holiday, you can take a whole raft of them and just listen to them on the plane, on the boat, on the beach, in the hotel, in the restaurant, if it's really dull and boring, which it might be. And you can listen to them again and again and again. I'm looking at the, the replay of this man hit by this shark, which has come from underneath and uh, he, was, he was out surfing on his board, and the shark banged into him underneath. You can see it quite clearly. Frightens the life out of me. Seriously, anything like that. That's why, you know, when people talk about, oh, we go out swimming on the sea, I was like, no, don't. You don't know where these things are coming from. You've got no idea. They go down. Attenborough will do some programme down into the deep, and out of the, what did they find the other day? A giant squid. It's about 20 feet long. These things could eat you. Seriously, that frightens the life out of me. But anyway, so um, at least he survived, which, as I say, is, an, is a miracle in itself because this thing could have taken him under. And once they sort of drag you under, it's, uh, it's awful. But at least they actually got him out there. You can see it. Oh, dear. Frightens, sorry, I'm, I'm sort of watching the television pictures and frightening myself at the same time. You're out in the middle of the ocean and there's a shark. Go away. Even punching it and kicking it. Terrible way to go, isn't it? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. How about an experienced day voucher, says Connie? Sort of a rally racing, making chocolates, spa day. The experienced days are wide and varied. That's a good idea, isn't it? Yes, I quite, I quite like that. That's an experienced day. You're good. Yes, very good. Um, so here is um, Strictly Ben Cohen. This is Ben. Can't quite bring himself to tell the truth. His wife, uh, Abby. There's, there's been a picture of uh, Christina Rianoff. Uh, she's the one who's been out with Joe Kalzak. He's been out with quite a few people, actually. She's, uh, she's been around. And uh, anyway, Abby Cohen said people would feel differently if they knew the truth about her breakup. In other words, he's obviously not to be trusted, but the trouble is now he's kicked her into touch. He'll have to pay. I don't actually know what, what Ben Cohen does, actually. But uh, now she's seeking a quickie divorce. And so she, she sort of tweeted pictures and she said... Um, you know, that uh, her, her family's been totally ruined. Ben had been married to her for 11 years. It's amazing how, how dumb some people can be, isn't it? You don't see this happening, you know, and yet you've got a marriage and then it's not going as well as it could be. It's the team. This morning, was it really in the public interest to print the images of the Queen doing a Nazi salute? And are laws to stop people silently condoning ISIS needed? David Cameron's going to say yes. We'll hear from the former Foreign Secretary, Sir Malcolm Rifkind, and the Shadow Defence Secretary, Vernon Coker, speaking to Nick after the National Security Council meeting that he went to. Will he support the government's stance on bombing ISIS? That's all with Nick Ferrari this morning, after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Chris Blackhurst is looking at the papers today. I think the Daily Mail have got it wrong. They've got something wrong. And it's only one little bit I've noticed. When we were talking earlier on about vending machines, and uh, around the world, they're far more sophisticated. Seriously. Uh, if you want gold... 
in a vending machine. You go to the United Arab Emirates. They have vending machines there which will dispense gold. Gold to go, they're called. Uh, Over in China, lobster. The users can pluck live lobsters from a pool using a mechanical arm, which seems okay. Do you know McDonald's do a a lobster burger kind of thing in one of their their branches? Uh, French fries in Australia and China... Uh, They store frozen chips, which are flash-fried for customers in just two minutes. Caviar. Los Angeles, vending machine there, selling caviar for up to £320. Lettuce. Why, you'd ever want to go out and buy lettuce? I've got no idea. But anyway, the makers of a vending machine in America say they can produce 60 lettuce heads a day without sunlight, instead using light from fluorescent bulbs and milk, available fresh from machines in France and Italy, and one in a pub in the Cotswolds. Well, they haven't done their research properly. They need to have read... Uh, country life, because four weeks ago, there's a lady there who's got a herd of Guernsey cows, and she goes round to fill up her her milk machines. They're all over the place. She's got, you can go and get ice-cold, chilled Guernsey milk, either by buying one of her containers from the machine, or taking your own container and filling it up. And she goes round every day, filling up these uh, machines. So we've got far more here than the Daily Mail have given them uh, credit for. Uh, There's also a, a nutrition chain called Fibo in Holland. They've got a vending machine selling chips, deep-fried cheese, burgers and other fast food around the clock. In Japan, everything from hot noodles to pancakes. And in Dundee, a Scottish farmer there has set up a vegetable vending machine. Three quid for a bag of potatoes and a tray of groceries for a fiver. See, I love vending machines. I still like the ice cream ones. I love the ice cream ones because I used to think, that's so brilliant. And all it is, it's just a refrigerated unit with um, a sort of a, a, a carousel, which the ice creams are all in. And you, you push the button, you put your money in, push the button, and then it delivers it. You open the, uh, the flap at the front and you take out your ice cream. There's only ever one in there, don't worry. You can't actually get the other one out. But uh, it's always well worth going. Philip at a Nazi funeral... A TV documentary reopening a painful chapter of the Duke's family past. And the day his sister had lunch with Hitler. And here is a picture of, uh, of Philip with relatives wearing Nazi uniform at his sister uh, Cecily's funeral in Germany in 1937. 1937. So these are the years that they're looking at. But as I say, the, a lot of the papers are carrying pictures of the English football team doing the Nazi, Nazi salute in 1938. The same year that a young Elizabeth uh, seems to salute with her mother as Edward holds Margaret. I mean, whether or not this is, or whether or not, it's difficult to tell. Looking at one of them, uh, the future Edward VIII and the Queen Mother raising their arms, I don't think they're quite doing it properly. I mean, it's a, it, it could be, it could, I mean, to be honest with you if, you, if you're sort of seriously looking at it, I bet Nick will say the same, she could be waving at the photographer, but then you look at, at the Queen and it does look like a Nazi salute. I'm not sure if the Queen Mother is doing one or if she's just sort of waving at the photographer. It's, it's a bit difficult. To, it could be, you know, sixes and sevens on this one. It's not going to go away, though, is it? It's not going to go away. And uh, now people are saying, well, what else are they going to drag up? And the answer is it could be all sorts of things. Could be absolutely all sorts of things. But I don't think it's done the royal family any harm at all. I really don't. I, I don't think that's going to make any difference. Any difference. Uh, other stories. This uh, this mystery man found dead after a party in Demi Moore's pool. The family weren't there at the time. This 21-year-old victim, who's not been named, is thought to have drowned after attending a party at the house on Saturday night. His body was discovered at 5.20am at the bottom of the pool. Miss Moore had not been at home, but police said her assistant had been at the house at the time. There's often been late-night pool parties 
Because if you've got a swimming pool, that's presumably what you what you do. So a uh, bit of a strange one here, no doubt. We shall find out a little bit later on today. Uh, a guide for MPs using Twitter. Don't lie or post anything when you've had a few bevies. Because otherwise you're liable to say something that you don't want to say. And I love this story because I think I heard Christo doing this the other day. A worker who pocketed some compensation after being hit by a toilet lid while flushing. Twelve grand. Twelve thousand pounds. This is one of thousands uh, of council staff over the past three years totalling 30 million. I mean, it's like a little racket going on, isn't it, really? Another one here. Apparently... <laughs> Some of them you just can't believe. I mean, honestly, this is almost like... I mean, it really is. You you, you would have this investigated. Other awards. A Coventry cleaner who suffered bruises when her feet got caught in a Henry Hoover. How on earth your feet get caught in a Henry Hoover? Anyway, she got bruises, poor soul. She got £12,500 for that one. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? And uh, also somebody here, an employee who slipped on a cream cake. You know, it's a cake... I mean, it's slipped on a... Why don't you open your eyes? Slipped on a cream cake. £16,500. Small wonder we've gone crazy for this kind of stuff. There was another one here, hit in the face by a Christmas tree, who gets 280 quid, which is not really that exciting, is it? Uh, another one here. This is Haringey Council in London. Uh, an employee there walked into a lamppost and hurt their knee. Oh, diddums. Oh, you walk into a lamppost. Could you not see it? £9,750. We've gone absolutely barking man, mad. And there's another one here. This is uh, a woman in high heels tripped on stairs by Leeds City Council and got 8200 She injured her soldier. The same council paid £1,800 to an employee who almost fell off his chair, hurting his back. They're all accident-prone, aren't they? However, it pales into insignificance by the time you get to Norfolk when the county council there gave money to a kitchen worker who suffered burns from a pan of boiling water when she picked it up with a tea towel rather than with oven gloves. The payment was made even though the worker followed incorrect procedure. How much? 25,000 quid. They're having a laugh, aren't they? Some of the compensation was footed by the taxpayers. Jonathan Isabey says taxpayers will be simply astounded at the state of these payouts. Well, I've seen the adverts on the television. I mean, for goodness sake, we've gone compensation. It's like America, isn't it? Like America. You're fat. <laughs> well, you are. There's no point in lying to somebody. You don't call somebody fat. If you're not going to say to Cheryl Versace Spagbol, you're not going to say, God, you're fat, aren't you? I mean, I don't think she'd understand the question, so there's no point in even worrying about it. But, I mean, you know, it's not going to happen. But some people, you know, you see people, it's like, oh, the people who... Just, we can't seem to do anything, can we, nowadays? We're such a bunch of wimps. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, a third of the women say looks hold them back at work. So I don't think... Do looks really come... And to be honest with you, I mean, I do tend to gravitate more to the unattractive people in the office. And there's a reason for that. There's no point in hanging around with the attractive ones. It makes me look bad. If I hang around with the unattractive ones, it makes me look better. Makes me feel better. So, you know, I don't want to go anywhere near where there are attractive people. I mean, I think that just ruins my day. Completely ruins my day. So only hang around with the unattractive. You can always spot me in the office. I'll be hanging around the unattractive ones. You know, I have to. It's an ego thing for me. Cadbury's have shrunk their tins of roses chocolates. Oh, dear. A tin of roses has shrunk four times in four years. So uh, now, most uh, recently, tins of roses have been cut from 780 grams to 729 without a drop in the price. That's a bit naughty, isn't it? I might have to boycott roses chocolates. And even Hero's chocolate, bigger, 780 grams down to 695. 
Well, that's not good, is it? Apparently, also, the uh, the shrinking tactic has cut the number of uh, dairy milk bars and the number of cream eggs per box. Yeah, they went down from six to five. You know, it's an egg box. They do them in sixes. No, not if you're Cadbury's. If you're Cadbury's, they sell them in fives now. And it's the same price. Other brands, PG Tips, Surf and Kit Kat. All very, very naughty. Not looking after us, the uh, the consumer, at all. But, you know, I thought it was bad enough when they, when they did the Cadbury's cream eggs. But if you're that desperate to buy them, buy them. But you got six, now you get five. You know, if I'd wanted five, I'd have bought five. Uh, I fondly remember, says Simon, when the only item vended at the swimming bars was oxtail soup. And the only ice cream you could buy was the block stuff. Oh, right, really? Oxtail soup. Oh, I used to hate oxtail soup. Every time I thought of oxtail, I used to see the ox tail. And I remember going past a butcher's and seeing oxtail. They think, oh, dear, do people really buy that stuff? They do, apparently. People obviously like it. Not me. Not me. 84850, steve at Time now, 5.30. Latest news. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday, the 20th of July. Here it is. Somebody just very kindly sent it in to me. Peter Andre is now selling his own Opa Opa sauce. Original Mediterranean. I've never even heard of it before, but it's only £2. Comes in what looks like a metal tin. And it's got uh, tomatoes, malt vinegar, barley, sugar, lemon, olives... Kibbled onion, whatever that is. Uh, olive oil, garlic, black pepper, stabiliser, xanthan gum, oregano, Kyojo seed, coriander, basil and thyme. And the, and the slogan is, my recipe, your house, our barbecue. I'm feeling slightly queasy on that one, but thank you very much indeed for pointing it out to me. Mind you, you remember, of course, they didn't have much luck trying to sell Peter Andre's... Uh, uh, album in the shops over Christmas. They, were, they weren't doing very well with that one at all. It was a bit, bit of a shame. Little bit of a shame there. And uh, there were lots of them remaindered. Which, which uh, indeed I thought there would be, actually. I didn't ever think anybody would go to Iceland and buy a Peter Andre uh, Christmas album. I've got one, because it was very kindly given to me as a, as a gift. But very nice it is too. I think I'm possibly the only one that's actually got one. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Neil says, uh, we'd love you as a neighbour in Bishop Stortford. Pretty good journey into London, early hours. Completely agree about Piers Morgan interviewing skills. Terrible. Oh, it's awful. It really, it's really dreadful. I don't know anybody. He wasn't much cop as, a, as, a, as an editor. Actually advertising, you know, on the... And of course now he's doing that lottery thing, but I haven't seen him yet. So, he obviously, he, he's just taken by money, isn't he? Vending machines do not forget the fresh maggot dispenser for us fishermen. Yes, they do exist. And uh, Neil says, wishing my dad well, who isn't too well at the moment. Yes, we wish him well. And, uh, and Paul Bishop, the other day, part of the Hinge and Bracket uh, fan club, fan of this programme, who passed away the other day, and all the Hinge and Bracket uh, team. Very sad about that. Very sad about that. Uh, Paul says, your mention of the football team giving the salute reminded me that Germany hosted the Olympic Games in 1936 and it was notable for the fact that Jesse Owens, the American athlete, refused to do it. The official footage of the Games, which was filmed by the female director, Lenny Reffenstahl, showed the majority of competitors from all country doing it. On the subject of Stig Show, yes, the question was phrased differently. And as I said yesterday, and it's easy to check the Sun's Facebook article, trying to defend what they'd done showed at least 80% were against the photo, an article being printed, many calling for the Sun to be shut down, as if. They're not going to do that, are they? I think more people would have read it, because now the other papers have sort of picked up on it. Picked up on it. I mean, you know, I think the uh, on accents, 
The best example was from the early days of ITV when one reporter interviewed an Irish farmer. Totally unintelligible. I watched a three-parter on uh, BBC4 on rock and roll music in the States over the weekend. Ronnie Spector, Pat Boone, among those being interviewed. I watched a Neil Sedaka one, which was very good. Uh, weirdest part was them deciding to put subtitles up when they were talking to Jerry Lee Lewis. Available on catch-up, Jerry Lee Lewis. Dear me, Jerry Lee, sorry, Jerry Lee Lewis. And then I was watching another programme which had an interview with Bette Midler. Alan Yentob was interviewing Bette Midler. It was a fascinating insight into, into Bette Midler. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I loved every minute of it. And uh, Richard says, I remember Brighton as a trendy and tolerant sort of place. Nudist speech, for instance. This latest idea shows they're obviously becoming bigoted and intolerant. After all, what would they want to ban next? Because Brighton have banned smoking on beaches. How are they going to enforce it? I've got no idea. Quick, the beach inspector's coming down. Quick, and you hide the cigarette in the sand. And that's, that's what people do, isn't it? I suppose because they, they must have a big problem with it. But on the beaches, they're going to ban smoking. Managed to ban it in buildings. Although I saw a few cab drivers the other day when I was in town. Smoking. Black cab drivers. Smoking. Seriously. Holding the, holding the cigarette out of the window. Totally illegal, as far as I know. Uh, Steve. Uh, a saint in Mevagissi was going to be called Hitler's Walk. Or street, sorry, in Mevagissi. It was going to be called Hitler's Walk. The name had to be dropped due to the number of people complaining. They should be so lucky only having to put up with his name. I think they must be sending me his, his, uh, his bills. Thank you, Malcolm. Yes, it's, it, the trouble is, all these things... It was 1938, for goodness sake. Things were different. Things were different. Steve on the Gold Coast in Oz says there's a vending machine here on the Gold Coast that dispenses flip-flops. Well, that, that I could understand. That seems to make perfect sense. Everybody lives in flip-flops, don't they? I'm the only one who doesn't live in flip-flops. I think men have got dreadful feet. Dreadful feet. Uh, Martin thinks that we should uh, boycott the Sun newspaper uh, for printing the pictures of the Queen. Well, you see, I think people will make up their mind. You wait till you hear what Nick Ferrari says about it today. I don't know whether he's going to be talking to Stig about it, uh, as he was the, the person who was talking about it yesterday because he's from the Sun. And uh, he, he said to me, he thinks that 80% of people didn't have any problem with it. But I, I did point out to him on the Sunday, I did say, but the trouble is the Queen is so loved. She is so loved. People might see it as a bit of a slur against her. And especially as she's served the country well for, for many, many, many years. And um, you're in conversation with Sheila. She said she was born in Liverpool, so I expected a Scouse accent. No, Irish family came over. Came over. And uh, so that's, that's it. Uh, Milkman Mark in Hemel says the whole royal family... Nazi salute saga is so stupid. What's going to happen in a few years' time? Are we all going to see pictures of famous people with Jimmy Savile during Jim Will Fix It, accusing them of being associated with him? Well, there are loads of pictures of Jimmy Savile with the royal family. Loads of pictures with Jimmy Savile with ordinary people. You can see those all over the place. There's lots of people who've been convicted and uh, people have had uh, pictures taken with them. You know, because people wanted pictures taken with famous people. And it isn't till later that you realise what they've done, that people try and sort of distance themselves. But there's nothing you could do about it. If a photo exists of you with somebody, uh, I should imagine there were probably pictures taken with the Yorkshire Ripper. And people didn't have the faintest idea. People just, you know, had these, these pictures. Uh, the Met Police come under fire again in the papers today for using a secret online forum to make offensive comments about uh, bikies. This is the... Um, this is the... Uh, the slang term for travellers. They say gypsies, but as far as I'm aware, there are a lot that gypsy is different from traveller. Because people have said to me, oh, you know, the funfair people, 
Are they gypsies? No, they're completely separate. If there's all these different groups out there, and the travellers you've got at the moment, I mean, real gypsies, real gypsies wouldn't go anywhere near travellers. It's completely separate. But anyway, I've met the Met is this Facebook group. And what they've done is they've exchanged views about travellers. There's one here. I'll just read. There's probably only about one I can actually read to you, which says, if you don't live in a caravan, claim doll, have four aliases, convictions for theft of scrap metal, and and are an artisan driveway landscaper, then sorry, chap, you're not a proper P-word again, no matter how many T's you've had from a baked bean can. And uh, so they've got, you know, the travellers who've moved in on a site, and what they do, I mean, some of them live in houses, and I think they have another name. I can't remember what they're called as well. But there are people who come from travelling family who've moved into houses. But there are those people who are a blot and a blight on the landscape. They go there, I know, because the last time we had a, a funeral, uh, which occurred near Hampton Court, and this was some years ago now, there was about 300 wagons turned up on the site, which is normally used for the fun fair. There were 12-year-old children going up and down the road on motorbikes with no crash helmets on, people racing horses up and down the road. The local police, nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen at all. And the farmer who owns the site where they put the funfair on, he had to get rid of them. So what did he do? He gave them fair warning. He says, I have to look after this field and it's pig slurry time. So he loaded up his uh, his tractor with this machine and all the pig slurry on there. And you can imagine what that stunk like. And he said, I'd start moving them off now because in five minutes I'm moving. And he started spraying and it literally... <laughs> all over the place. They couldn't get off the site fast enough. And all they do is they go and dump their rubbish. When they move off sites, the rubbish they leave is absolutely appalling. You know, we've seen it on the big fat gypsy wedding, which of course, you know, bears no resemblance to anything that ever occurred in early travellers' lives. It's almost a fantasy kind of programme where they have to have these big dresses which they can't move in and, uh, and they dress badly for them. They dress badly. But all pixelated. Most of the men are pixelated, which is odd, isn't it? Mainly because they were pictured coming out of prison. I mean, you know, if somebody's not guilty of something, you don't bother putting them in prison, do you? But uh, now this, uh, this Met Police site, they're very angry about. And I can imagine... There's loads of people, you know, loads of people who, who've written on this. And now the fire brigade have come under fire. Wait for this one. This one doesn't make any sense to me at all. A fire service was forced to apologise after tweeting that no hipsters were injured in a restaurant blaze in Shoreditch. See, I thought hipsters were a pair of trousers. I mean, I'm obviously out. Critics said the comment about the fire in the trendy part of East London was unprofessional and insulting. London Fire Brigade's Twitter page says, Shoreditch restaurant blaze early this morning. Thankfully, no hipsters were injured. Street food trader Hanks Poe Boy says, hard work and livelihoods ruined and you make a joke of it. I mean, I thought a hipster was a pair of... What is it? Have you heard of the expression before? You know... Oh, cool young people are hip... Oh, right. We see, well, to me, a hipster... I mean, there you go, you see. I'm out on a limb straight away. Out on a limb straight away. Uh, because hipsters were a pair of trousers that men and women wore because they sat, come on, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, on your hips. And that's what they were called hipsters. That's what young people are called nowadays. They've had to apologise. To whom? To whom? Anyway, sorry, says the fire brigade, if we cause any offence by using the term hipsters. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I've used the expression loads of times. Well, not really, because I haven't worn a pair of hipsters, as you can well imagine, for many a year. It's odd, though, isn't it, that all of a sudden words are changed. 
Ask anybody over the age of 40, and I'm just over the age of 40, uh, whether or not, you know, hipsters is offensive. And they go, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Jerry Lee, due for a tour in the summer times, is in. Is he really? Crikey. Uh, they've shrunk everything, Steve. Groceries, everything. You used to get six oranges, now five or three, double the price. Anything with, with missing, you're getting 500 millilitres now, 300 millilitres. Fruit in three and four packs. Very annoying, says Connie. No wonder we're not getting value for money. I felt cheated over the Cadbury's eggs. <laughs> I don't know why. It doesn't make a difference. I don't even eat the things. But, I mean, to go from six to five just seemed utterly ludicrous. Would it stop you smoking if... I said the government were going to raise the packet of uh, the price of a packet of cigarettes to 15 quid. Would it stop you smoking? Wouldn't have stopped me smoking when I smoked, and it was a long, long time ago now. They think that if they can save 30,000 lives a year, that's how many people die every year through the effects of smoking. 30,000 people. When I went into hospital and had my stents done, and uh, that could have been years of smoking or whatever else, there were people in the same hospital room that I was in, in the ward, uh, who were coughing their guts up. Seriously. <laughs> I can't do it now. But real wheezy cough. They couldn't wait to get outside and have a cigarette. They've just had, like, ten grand's worth of surgery to make them be able to breathe again and give them a few extra years of life. And all they want to do is carry on smoking. The government reckon that if they put higher taxes on cigarettes, you will stop smoking. I don't think it will stop people at all. People have just cut back on something else. £15 for a packet of cigarettes. And they'll go, that will not... That will not det- I mean, at the moment, they're about £9. When I was smoking them, they were about £5 something. Now they're about £9. They reckon in five years' time, they could have hit 15 quid a packet. Well, by that time, people either will have stopped smoking. I mean, more people are stopping smoking. I know it's not easy. There's no point in me sitting here preaching to you, telling you that I stopped smoking, because I did for two years, and then I had one cigarette, and I was back on them again. It's so addictive. So, so addictive. I thought I could just be really clever and have, you know, after I'd stopped smoking and I've taken it, the nicotine out of my system, I thought, I went out one night and I thought, I'll just have, a, I'll just have one cigarette and then I could have one cigarette a week. Pfft, don't work like that. I wish it did. I had one cigarette. I was driving around, driving myself insane, trying to find a garage that had cigarettes on sale and I smoked a whole packet of 20. So I went from smoking about 20 cigarettes a day then I stopped for two years. When I went back on them again, I got myself up to 60 cigarettes a day. 60 cigarettes a day. I mean, it's frightening when I look back on it and think I couldn't go out without having three packs of cigarettes with me because I would get through them. Because A, um, I could smoke all over the place. B, if I was uh, eating or drinking, you'd have a cigarette on the go all the time. So the, um, the idea of putting cigarettes up to £15 a packet would not deter me in the slightest. Some people might have to go out stealing them, I would think. They'd probably become a huge commodity to nick like razor blades. But now, they say, to make Brighton smoke-free... I mean, it's like kind of, you're at the seaside. The sea breeze is coming in. This is branded an attack on personal freedom by campaigners. Would make the city the first in the country to outlaw people from lighting up on the shores. And who's going to look after this one? Is this going to be a police matter? As if they haven't got enough to do down there. There's enough people smoking marijuana down in Brighton. It's full of students. Have you seen them? Off their trolleys most of the time. And now to ban cigarettes. Can't see that happening. Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Twelve minutes to six. I know you need to get your uh, your quick fix of time checks on the programme. So, can they stop people smoking in Brighton? I don't think they've got a cat in Hades chance of doing it. I mean, the place is just full of students. If it, if you were dealing with sort of somewhere like Frinton, 
I would think it would probably be a lot easier to do because it's a fairly elderly population and probably many people don't smoke, so that would be quite a good idea to get them to stop smoking. But in Brighton, which is a very transient community down there because you've got all the students who come in for the summer and the, uh, and the winter seasons and all the people working at the front and people sitting, you know, on top, staring out to sea, sitting on their deck chair. <clears throat> a very pleasant pastime, I have to tell you. Um, you think, to, how, are they going to influ- how are they going to police it? I just don't understand how they're going to manage it. I seriously don't know. It's immense. I mean, they can't even get people to stop smoking in cars with children. And they can't get people to put their seatbelts on all the time. They're never going to... Pl- it's huge. Perhaps they'll need to sort of take in, you know, lots of, lots of new people. There's um, a story in the Mail, which started yesterday in one of the papers. I remember reading it. And it's the politicians who've called for a formal police investigation into paedophile allegations against a sitting Labour MP. A report yesterday suggested the senior politician has preyed on young boys over at least 12 years. A string of allegations has been passed to the police about the MP, who's not been named. They are the latest in a series of claims that senior establishment figures were involved in child abuse. Two MPs have reported allegations to the police about the same senior politician independently of each other. So obviously the name has been banded around. Uh, Also... They say the Westminster paedophile scandal deepened last night with some disturbing new allegations against the former Home Secretary Leon Britton. The late Tory grandee was named as an abuser by an alleged abuse victim during an appearance on an Australian TV show called 60 Minutes. The man claimed that, like Cyril Smith, Lord Britton was a regular visitor to paedophile parties at Dolphin Square in Pimlico. The alleged victim, referred to only as Darren, said he, Lord Britton, liked boys to dress in women's underwear and he liked to be alone in the room to punish you for wearing underwear. I think this is a bit too heavy for this time of the morning, to be brutally honest with you. I don't think anybody sitting there over their breakfast is going to be going, what? What? What is going on? So move it away, Stephen, onto seagulls. And a dead seagull was uh, was left the other day at a police station. And if proof were needed, because people poo-pooed when I said the other week that seagulls take hobnobs, they don't like chips, they're not very good with that, they take anything else. But uh, there is a seagull taking uh, an ice cream cone in St Ives. And when you look at the size of this seagull, it's bigger than the man who is holding the ice cream. This seagull kind of lands on him, grabs the ice cream and then takes off again. But after a series of savage attacks on family pets, seagulls are now our public enemy numero uno. But as the Prime Minister hints at drastic action, a provocative cry for for mercy, says Leo McKinstry. Don't cull our gulls. I know. Can they ever do it? Can they ever stop people? I mean, it's just the way it goes, isn't it, really? Just the way it goes. Uh, Peter says, you're a fine one to moan about Tory plots, Boris. And if you want Sigourney Weaver's... uh, Signature. It's going to cost you £95. This was the uh, the London Film and Comic uh, Convention. And that's where lots of people go there. Sigourney Weave was there, star of Aliens, to promote the film's 25th anniversary. £95 for an autograph, £95 for a picture, and £110 for a picture alongside a full-size Aliens power loader. It's a lot of money, isn't it, really? A lot of money. 95... I thought they'd give them freely, but of course they don't now. They're worth money. Because they know that people are going to go and sell them. And so if if they charge you £95, then they sort of work on the assumption that you must really, really want it. You must really, really want that autograph. Uh, 84850. Uh, somebody says, until this debacle, 
about uh, the Queen and the Nazi salute. I didn't realise Stig Abel was the editor. No, he's not. He's the managing editor. The managing editor of The Sun. Managing uh, consultant editor, is he? Of uh, The Sun. So I wondered if he was also Stig from Top Gear. I don't think so. I don't think so. It'll be very interesting to hear. Having heard his programme yesterday on what you thought about, it'll be interesting to see what Nick Ferrari manages to get this morning and James O'Brien. I can see that, and I, I can see by the time you get to Sheila Fogarty, I wonder what they'll be saying about it. Because it's, it's still going to run, isn't it? It's still going to run in all the newspapers. Uh, Mitsubishi. Must say sorry for using British POWs as slave labour. And um, they've become the first company to say sorry. Executives delivered a face-to-face apology to American former prisoner of war James Murphy and to relatives of his comrades who suffered as slave labourers in the Mitsubishi mines and factories. But families of the British POWs called for an apology for their relatives who were among more than 2,000 prisoners forced to produce warplanes for Japan. It's all these people wanting uh, wanting apologies. There were people wanting apologies the other day who'd been uh, arrested by the Chinese for watching the Genghis Khan DVD. And uh, they've said, listen, uh, we want an apology from them. I mean, I suppose it's, a, it's a, a, an easy mistake to make. They thought they were watching some sort of propaganda. And it turns out they were doing no such thing. They were just... Um, just literally, just watching a documentary on Kublai Khan. I, I mean, uh, Genghis Khan, sorry. I mean, I would, to be honest with you, I would love to watch a documentary on Genghis Khan. <laughs> Steve, as a Brightonian, says Sean, I'm absolutely fuming. The Hanover lovies are worried about their children. Never mind that both roads break EU laws on fumes. Yes, I, well, I just don't know how they're going to do it. Big Al says, must be a relief to MPs to receive their 10% pay rise, Steve. As uh, as Bournemouth Tory Tobias Elwood says, I don't think I'll be watching the pennies at my age. Yes, and what's the advantage, Steve, of forcing other people to stop smoking if the government makes a profit? Well, it costs more in the uh, in the National Health Service. Costs more in the National Health Service. And um, what they're doing, and also they're trying to make people. I mean, if ever you've seen somebody dying from emphysema, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all. So what they're doing is they're saying it's um, it's it's bad for you. We know it's bad. We know everything's bad for you. You know, if you eat cream cakes every five minutes a day, that's bad for you. Somebody was telling me the other day, they did a thing on, because I eat rice, not a huge amount of rice. And somebody said to me, oh, no, 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 you mustn't eat rice. And I said, why? They said, because it's really bad for you. I I thought rice was fairly good for you. And I've had, you know, egg fried rice, plain boiled rice, all sorts of rices. And somebody said, no, no, you mustn't eat rice. It's bad for you. Go for a substitute. There was a substitute that somebody was telling me about. I can't remember what it's called. But it actually sounded quite uh, quite nice. But he said, oh, no, you mustn't eat rice. He said, definitely not if you're a diabetic. I thought, good God in heaven. There is nothing, absolutely nothing. 84850, steve at uk. Weather. Oh, sorry, on the subject of uh, hipster, it's not new. Listen to the theme song to 77 Sunset Strip and you'll hear hipster mentioned, said Richard. And does it mean that does it still mean trouser or is it young person? You're a hipster. It's sort of, you're a hipster, a bit like saying, hey, you're a really hip person. You know, you're really sort of swinging and dancing and all the rest of it. It could be that, couldn't it? He is managing editor. I thought he was managing editor. Yeah, I thought he was. I didn't, hadn't heard of him being called anything else. Uh, yeah, Stig is managing editor of The uh, of the Sun. He still won't tell me how much they, they paid, even though he must know exactly, and he knows where it came from. Because there's somebody within the royal family who's got that. It must be somebody working for them. But not only somebody who worked for them. Think of it logically. It's somebody who knew that way back in 1938, 
they gave a Nazi salute. I mean, you know, how, how would you know that unless you trawled through miles and miles of footage? Hipsters, apparently, are a subculture of men and women, typically in their 20s and 30s, that value independent thinking, counterculture, progressive politics, an appreciation of art and indie rock, creativity, intelligence and witty banter. I like my version of the trousers. It sounded much more interesting, doesn't it? A pair of hipsters. That's from, uh, from the Urban Dictionary. Well, there you go. They must know. I love the idea of, you know, art and indie rock. Creativity. Uh, are these most uh, reckless show-offs in Britain? And who is it? It's people standing on the Seven Sisters Cliffs at Cuckmere Haven in East Sussex. It rises to 300 feet. It's chalk. And they've gone to the edge and they've had a picture taken. I mean, to be honest with you, this thing can crumble at any time. It's as simple as that. You know, they, they've got people here. I mean, a tourist using a selfie stick. These people must be mad as broomsticks. You know, we'd be expected to pick up the pieces if they if they fell off. And uh, people have done selfies on the top of the cliffs. I mean, it's literally only a few days since the son of singer Nick Cave tragically died falling from a cliff. And if you look at this one here, uh, this is the two Germans taking this uh, thing. This is This entire cliff could just collapse at any time. And the more people that go on it to take their selfies, the more likelihood it is of occurring. They are too close to comfort. It's 300 feet. You don't seriously think if this thing just goes and just collapses, which they do, these people are going to survive. They're absolutely not. Very, very dangerous. But then, really, that's up to um, people down in East Sussex. They need to put a, some sort of rail up there or a thing saying, do not go any further because it's dangerous. There will be another person. There will be another person who actually uh, who actually dies. Uh, strangely enough, here she is, the dreary Heather Mills. Can't bear her. This is the woman whose autobiography was almost like Fantasy Island. It was hilarious. And um, when it comes to tuition, it seems that it's not good enough, uh, as her daughter's father is one of the world's most famous musicians. Apparently, the ex-wife of Sir Paul McCartney insists music lessons for their 11-year-old daughter are firmly her domain, and she took over teaching her to play the saxophone because the former Beatle can't read music. Oh dear, the deluded Heather Mills again. You do worry about her, don't you? But never mind, perhaps she'll go and work somewhere else. And uh, the rock star marriage. Is Kate Moss's marriage on the rocks? Do you care? Not really, but it just sort of kind of makes up a, an interesting story for a Monday, doesn't it? I reported that to you a few days ago. One of the papers has done, I think it's the Express, they've done the old story of um, the house that was stuck in the time warp in the 1950s. I did that more than a week ago. I can't believe that they've even bothered doing it today. But it's in, uh, it's in one of the papers, and I thought to myself, that's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. We do the stories first on LBC. The papers must be listening, and they go, that sounds like a good story. Let's do that one, shall we? And so they do. We've got more stories that the papers will pick up on after the news, which is coming up very shortly, including the GP secretary who forged his signature to fake her debt-hit lover's death. All of that and more next after the news. On FM, us is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday, the 20th of July, 2015. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. The strange story of the GP secretary who forged the GP signature to fake her lover's death because he was hit by debts. His debts amounted to... 
£2,000. New low for the National Lottery as the jackpot dips below £900,000. You're not buying tickets, are you? Uh, the cost of keeping children happy in holidays, £1,500. I mean, just go and buy them some ice lollies and things like that. Packet of chips, small burger, they'll be quite happy. Or failing that, just don't feed them at all. It's easier, isn't it? The city that's set to ban smoking on the beach, Aldi's Riesling, top of its class, at six ninety nine, and the foreign aid cash spent on trapeze classes. All of that and more between now and uh, half past this morning on LBC. And we go through the front pages of the papers as well. Oh, and ISIS are using suicide chickens. They've obviously decided that sort of, you know, taking children and strapping bombs to them isn't really cost-effective. Eventually you're going to run out of children, but loads of chickens. So, you know, chickens everywhere, look out, because if you start being recruited... You know, as you're sort of heading into the back of Colonel Sanders' place, you know, there's a chance you might end up sort of in in more boxes than you imagine. Uh, Plus, Dr Jessen admits he's been a little bit silly. And this is after one of the newspapers yesterday uh, had a conversation he'd had on a uh, a dating site for gay men called Grindr. And uh, he'd sent pictures of himself. As I say, I mean, I can't understand why anybody would ever want to take pictures of themselves which are sort of naked and then send them to somebody. Uh, and that just it doesn't make any sense at all to me. I mean, I don't. I know that it's it's a favourite among school children now to send pictures of each other's you know body parts. I mean, frankly, I've got nothing. I've got pictures of flowers in tubs. What does that tell you? It tells you I'm immensely sad and obviously not with it. And now we've discovered what the word hipster means. Me thinking pair of trousers being over the age of 37 and three quarters. And now it turns out it's young people and the fire brigade having to apologise to the people in Shoreditch saying no hipsters were hurt. And there's people saying that's really offensive to pick up. Everybody's offended, aren't they, by by something. Uh, And Kate Moss is her marriage on the rock. She does go out with the most peculiar-looking people. In 2010, they seemed blissfully happy. Kate Moss was the one who went out with Pete Doherty, didn't she? And he's slightly off-kilter. And so now they say because she hasn't lived with her husband and they have separate lives, the marriage is is on the rocks. But, I mean, does it really matter? She's a model. He's obviously very successful as... uh, as something. I don't know what he does, Jamie Hintz. Is he, is he a rock man, a rock musician or something like that? I'm not too sure. We we're going to find out, actually. But apparently they've had arguments. But, I mean, everybody, everybody has arguments. He's been seen um, at... Uh, oh, he's a guitarist with The Kills, which apparently is a beat combo, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm sure they're very successful. And he went to uh, the Chilton Firehouse. Two days later, she attended the uh, Miu Miu fashion show in Paris without him. Well, I should imagine, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, you don't have to be with somebody 24 hours a day, do you? I mean, the Queen has a fairly separate life from Prince Philip. And and as we all know, David and old Vic. I mean, Dave and Vic, I mean, sometimes he's off with his friend. Doesn't appear to have a load of friends. You never see David out with the boys with a pint, do you? You never see a picture of that. So I've come to the conclusion that, that Dave's conversation must be slightly limited to... Should I take another picture? You know, and that's about it. And then he tweets a picture of himself. And then we go, Where, where's Vic? And then occasionally she pops up in a picture, but it's invariably, it's Dave by himself and a photographer. You know, I want to see him out with his, with his mates, you know, doing a bit of football or kicking a ball around. So to sit the other day, taking a picture of himself, sucking a milkshake. I mean, how exciting was that? Not very exciting at all. Uh, there's also the story of the, um, the over 50s who check out their old flames on Facebook. I went on to that thing a while ago. It must have been ages ago. And it was School Reunion or something. One of those school sites where you can meet up with, with people who used to go to your school. And so I, I filled in all the details of my school that I went to. And nobody contacted me. I was really depressed. I thought there must be people in the, in the class. Friends Reunited 
it was called. And it's funny, is it? Sometimes you have a senior moment and sometimes it just goes completely. And so Friends Reunited, and I, I joined it. I don't know why. I can't think of any reason. I didn't like anybody in my class at all, and I don't think they liked me either. So there'd be no point in contacting these people. But I thought it'd be funny to see if any of them, you know, have aged worse, you know, than I have. And there were a couple of people in my class that... Uh, I think one of them went on to be a vicar. I know that one committed suicide. That's all I remember, because he used to go to the same youth club as me. And I'd just be interesting to see what people looked like who you went to school with for years and years and years. And to be honest with you, I could go through my class. I couldn't recognise anybody now. If they threw the names at me, I could probably, probably recognise a name, but I wouldn't recognise the person. And so I put up on Friends Reunited, hi... My name's Stephen, blah, blah, blah. I used to go to this school in this year. And so it'd be lovely to meet up with people. Three months later, nothing. Nothing. Nobody. They're obviously all going to avoid him like the plague. He's on the radio. He's mad as a fruitcake. And so I didn't get anybody contacting me. Nobody wrote to me at all. And I thought, perhaps people aren't... Because some people meet up and they go, oh, it was lovely to meet up with people I knew in the 1940s and stuff like that. And I thought, oh. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I'm not sure I want to meet up with it. What would you talk about? So, what have you been doing for the last 40 years? You know, that's all you, you can't... What else can you say to somebody? And they go, well, actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I work in a, in a shop. So I remember going back to where we used to live and seeing people who went to my school who are still in the same town. They've not moved. And when I watched Piers Morgan the other night, Julie Goodyear, who was Bet Lynch in Coronation Street, um, since she's left Coronation Street, she appears to have gone gay... Because they had a quote from one of her ex-girlfriends. It's obviously the fashionable thing now, isn't it? You've either got to be a lesbian or transgender. I'm feeling quite left out. I'm not even a hipster anymore. I've passed that stage. Nobody wants to talk to me on Friends Reunited. I'm beginning to feel slightly miffed that I've been sort of left out of everything. And so I've seen people in the hometown still there. Judy Goodyear lives in the same village that she's always lived in. And she said, and people say, you're all right, Chuck. Apparently they talk like that up north. And, uh, and that's about the extent of the conversation. It's slightly bizarre, isn't it? But then I've spoken to people who've gone back to the same holiday destination year in, year out. They love it and they go, oh, Manuel in our hotel, he remembers us from last year. And, and you go, well, why do you want to go back to the same place? Oh, we love the food. We, love, we, we don't do foreign. They do English for us. And uh, Bert loves it there. They do a nice cooked breakfast for him. And Manuel's very nice, introduced us to his sister and the rest of the family. And you think, I'm sure all these waiters are going, you know, really, these English people on holiday, they're a, they're a bit naff, aren't they, really? They aren't as exciting as they could. Haywood is, is the place she lives in. I've never been there, but I can imagine it's, it's probably quite sort of... It's probably quite sweet, because I've lived in small villages out of London. I mean, does it have... It's probably got a pub, little village shop, something like that. Probably a takeaway, you know, Indian and Chinese. Probably kebab. No, I shouldn't imagine they've got a kebab shop, because it's in Lancashire, isn't it? I don't think they do kebabs in Lancashire, do they? I think they do cakes and stuff like that. Most of the people are fairly overweight. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but she was on the uh, on the uh, the show with, with Piers Morgan. She looked like she put on a ton of weight. But they, do you remember they actually put her back in Corrie a while ago, Julie Goodyear, and she lost her bottle, and she wasn't very good. She was, she'd, she'd become, she'd, she didn't last for the amount of time they thought she was going to last for, which I always, always thought was a bit of a shame, actually, because I quite liked her as a, as a character in the, in the series. I think she, she rivalled some of the best. Uh, 1938 was the football team giving the Nazis salute, the royal family giving the Nazis salute. 1933, says Ken. Does it, but it, does it make any difference? That's why I can't wait to see what Nick Ferrari's going to make of this this morning, whether or not he's actually going to find loads of people who go, actually, it doesn't make any difference. It's not changed our stance on the royal family. I mean, people don't really believe 
that, you know, because she gave a Nazi salute before people knew what Nazism was, that that makes her a Nazi. Ridiculous. Uh, Christine says, I joined Friends Reunited years ago and got in touch with two friends. Oh, right. You see, I didn't, I didn't meet anybody at all. But what would, I've got nothing in common. Why, do, why would you have anything in common with sort of people that you went to school with? And the answer is, you haven't got anything in common. You went to school. I mean, I didn't choose to be in that particular class. You know, and I, when I went to school in Yorkshire, because it was a little bit difficult, because when I failed my 11 plus, uh, and I had the, the school uniform from my little school was corduroy trousers, short, uh, with a little bomber jacket that went with it. And my mother said at the time, we're not going to spend money on a school uniform because there's lots more years wear in these. So at the age of 14, I'm going to school in corduroy knickerbockers in Yorkshire in the middle of winter. I was the only kid in my class with blue and red knees. Seriously, I'd walk in there, people would say, you cold, Steve? And I'd go, ooh, it was freezing. And my little bomber jacket, because my brother had long trousers before I did. I couldn't believe it. You know, middle of Yorkshire, freezing cold up there. People speaking in a strange accent. There's me in short trousers. Small wonder I was bullied. Small wonder nobody wanted to sort of make friends with me on Friends Reunited. They never liked me first time around. Nothing changes. Coming up to uh, a quarter past six. Those latest news headlines, it's Ellen and Oaks. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome along. It's Monday the 20th of July. Nick Ferrari here at seven o'clock this morning. And uh, James O'Brien, he was tweeting some very odd things over the weekend. Sheila Fogarty enjoyed her uh, her time with us on In Conversation. You can download that. It's available as a podcast with Phil Daniels as well. Uh, having told you about all the um, the huge payouts that the councils make around the country, I mean, the biggest one, as far as I can see, although I'm sure there are bigger, 25 grand for a kitchen worker working for Norfolk County Council who picked up a pan of hot water with a tea towel. Spilt it down her, even though she was not following procedure. She was she made incorrect judgments, and yet they still gave her twenty five thousand. I don't understand why these things sort of go like this. Why why can people not sort of understand? You can't pick up stuff like that. We've all done it. A fr- who is it? A friend of mine told me the other day that he actually ran a bath, but he only ran hot water, and then jumped into it and didn't know that it was all hot water, and then threw himself back out the bath again. <laughs> I did laugh, actually, but there again, I often laugh at other people's misery as people sort of come up with third-degree burns. Uh, the um, pl- Met Police and the secret racist abuse of the gypsies on Facebook set to run, I think, for today. And uh, this is obviously a private a private forum for police officers who don't have much time. And yet, strange enough, you never ever see police officers down on the traveller's sites. Perhaps they're a little bit scared. Uh, the Labour MP accused of abusing boys which we told you earlier on, they've now asked for an inquiry. This is a sitting MP at the moment, a sitting MP, and those frightening pictures of the shark attack, uh, which comes in on this sofa. He doesn't see it, and I'm assuming, but they're looking at the pictures, you see it, it obviously goes a grab, makes a grab for him, but he gets away, which is quite lucky. Uh, cigarettes costing the £15 a packet, and if they ban smoking in Brighton, it'll be the miracle of all miracles, but I don't think it's actually going to be possible. Uh, Mitsubishi saying sorry for uh, for abusing all the POWs. And uh, the gay Facebook sperm donor who has fathered ten children for strangers. His name is Kenzie Kilpatrick. Uh, he doesn't have any emotional bond with these people at all. He just has all these children. He builds up a relationship with the couple. Then once he's, you know, once they've had the child, that's where it sort of finishes. Uh, he's also signed an agreement with each couple that they're not able to ask him for any financial support. 
which I hope in years to come it doesn't go down that route, but you do feel the worst. I believe there's a Sky News presenter. He's also donated, I think, sperm to uh, to some lesbian couples. Uh, young Scots are losing their accents. See, I think the Scottish accent, if you can understand them, it's quite nice. No, it is. It's, it's quite good. I mean, eventually, it's like, a, it's like a Geordie accent, isn't it? You kind of warm to it, don't you? You listen to a Geordie accent over and over, and you know, and a Liverpool accent. They're all quite good. Although people say in London, we have a London accent. Well, I've never noticed it. I mean, if you call not being able to speak English a London accent, well, then we've got it in, in, uh, in spades around here. But the young Scots are now losing it. Now, whether they're losing it because they're moving away from Scotland and coming down south, where we all speak terribly posh, uh, or whether they're, they're just losing it because nobody can understand what anybody's saying. Because I thought you'd be immensely proud to be Scottish and to be speaking like that. There's a woman who's died on an Australian beach in a quad bike smash. I've said before, look at the, the damage that poor Ozzy Osbourne did to himself. And uh, this woman here, it crashed. She's the, the latest of several Britons to be killed or left fighting for their life after quad bike accidents abroad. Because they go out there, they don't realise these things. You're sitting on an electric motor, you're sitting on something that can really do you some serious damage. Uh, the GP secretary, why anybody? And this is um, a lady called Lorraine Thompson. She said she wanted to do something nice for her partner, so she attempted to fake his death. I mean, she's not the brightest penny in the box, and you'll see a picture of her and you'll realise she doesn't even look the brightest penny in the box. And so she forged a doctor's signature on a death certificate, stating that her boyfriend, Mark Holmes, had died. Uh, she took the certificate to the registry office in Birmingham in the hope that Mr Holmes' death would result in his debts being wiped out. Which, of course, it doesn't work like that. It's not that simple. I wish it were. Anyway, uh, she got uh, cold feet and abandoned the procedure halfway through. But, of course, by that time, they'd started checking up on her and they went to arrest her. They put her in court and uh, they can't rule out a prison sentence. Anyway, she's been given bail until her next appearance on July the 28th. She says, I think I need psychiatric help. No, you can't use that one. That's, that's been used before, dear. No, just being stupid does not warrant being psychiatric help needed. She says, I get depression. Oh, here we go. Let's weave that one in, shall we? It's always a good one to do, isn't it? He was only in debt for 2,000 quid, which in this day and age, 2,000 pounds is not a lot of money to fake your death, is it? You're not going to sort of go and risk your own career. And she has... But, of course, she'd, she'd hoped to write it off because he had catalogue debts. I didn't know it was possible to spend £2,000 in a catalogue. I mean, what are they buying? These things are normally 33 pence a week for the next 100 weeks, aren't they? Or something like that. If you want to buy your clothes like that. And then I was slightly disturbed that uh, during the Blitz, I was always told that the great British spirit was there and it was fantastic. But when you read the report by Joshua Levine in the Mail today, I think it's a, a book called Secret History of the Blitz. Thieves cut fingers off dead people to get gold rings. They would get their gold rings off. Robbery, knifings, murder. Picture of uh, the bombed-out Café de Paris. Police got there too late. Looters had been in there beforehand and started thieving. I used to pray for the siren, all those shop tills left open. And so people were out there. Stint- I must have to get this book, actually. I think it's quite good. I quite like the idea of uh, the UK aid cash, which goes on trapeze lessons... Jamaica Jollies and a study of coconuts. I mean, how much a study of coconuts do you have to do? This is money that we send abroad. This is money that, uh, that you've paid for. Uh, in fact, for the study of coconuts in the Pacific, we sent £127,000. Somebody's having a laugh. A fitness course that includes trapeze classes, 152000 And in Jamaica, uh, 
£130,000. Any volunteers? It's a tough job, but somebody has to produce EU propaganda. We sent £130,000 for that. I don't, I don't quite understand why we would bother doing it. Can't they generate their own income? Uh, now the royals face the TV. Nazi exposure is the front story on the Daily Mail today. And also the slimming pill they call the gastric band in a glass. I mean, if you are slightly overweight, and I would have to include myself in that category, you would so want to take a tablet at night which then means that you can sort of just go to sleep. When you wake up in the morning, you're slimmer. But, of course, that would never happen in a million years because in an effort to be slimmer, you have to do the exercise to sort of, you know, tone up your muscles. And somewhere in here there are muscles, I promise you. I've seen them when I was much younger, about 15 or 16. But, but no good just having a slimming pill because where do you think the fat goes? It just doesn't dissolve. Otherwise, you've got a lot of flabby skin hanging around, you know, and then you do look a bit like Gemma Collins but sort of slightly deflated. So you have to be very careful. So I'm always worried about these so-called cures. They say, oh, this is the thing, a gastric band in a glass. You drink this thing and then all of a sudden you look slimmer. And you see all the diets, you see all the so-called third-rate pond life celebrities who are advertising their ridiculous diets. But, of course, they've never put on an ounce of weight in their life. I could understand it if some of them were actually fat. But, but most of them have never been fat. They really haven't. A million company directors are over 65 years old which actually I don't have a problem with. And a friend of mine the other day, we were going around wait- Waitrose, and he said, oh, look, scotch eggs, but they were vegetarian scotch eggs. What's a vegetarian scotch egg? I've never heard of a vegetarian scotch egg. He said, they're really delicious. I said, no, if you can have a scotch egg, a scotch egg with salad cream. Now, that is, that is a little bit of a treat. Uh, the woman who saved John Hurt... This is his fourth wife, uh, and when and the Batmobile's up for sale. I've seen the Batmobile. When I went over to Universal Studios, they took us on a... We were on a private tour, and they took us into a shed, and under a tarpaulin was the Batmobile. But they've got four or five of them in different forms of... Some have got no wheels on the front. Some have been cut in half. Uh, some are doing, you know, they've got different things so they could film them at different angles. There was only one that was actually complete, but they've got one here, £3 million. Oh, look, pictures of Scotch eggs. How delicious. They do one in Marks and Spencer's, which is a runny egg. So you actually sort of cook it, and when you cut the thing open, it's, it's all the yolk runs out. I think they must have do- doctored it or done something to it. It's not normal, is it? Sitting on a sh- I did try one. It was horrid. Didn't like it at all. <laughs> I did warn you the other day, didn't I, that... Um, Anthea Turner could be back on television soon. Don't worry, you won't see it. It's on Channel 5. And she's apparently going to be presenting the health lottery. I mean, she thinks this is the return to television. I think not. Uh, Who Killed Freddie Mills is a, is a story in uh, the Daily Express today. Champion boxer turns screen star. Freddie Mills' death 50 years ago was ruled a suicide. His family believe he was murdered by gangsters. They think it could be the craze. A little bit difficult now as they're all dead. Most of these people are dead. It's sort of a, it was sort of part of our uh, history, I suppose. Front page of the mirror is the picture of the shark attack and also um, selling your kidneys on Facebook. This is quite big business. I don't know why it, it is, but it is. British patients desperate for kidney transplants are buying them off penniless donors on Facebook. 75,000, apparently. 75,000. Criminals have cashed in on the illegal trade by setting up deals across the globe. One man in Sri Lanka, offered to organise a transplant for 75 grand, but some poverty-stricken donors sell their organs for as little as 1,200 quid. I suppose you could get anything, couldn't you, really? If you can buy children on the internet, you can presumably buy uh, buy kidneys and stuff like that. Uh, Noreen says, uh, our visit to Bishop Stortford is to meet school friends. I 
re-met at a reunion six years ago. We meet every few weeks. So Bishop Stortford is halfway. I was born uh, born at, at Bishop Stortford. Oh, right. Because you know I like going to Bishop Stortford a lot. One of my favourite places. One of my favourite places. Can't figure out, says, uh, says Miriam, why cigarettes are banned in pubs and all the rest of it, while barbecues are being promoted as something wonderful. Personally, the smoke from barbecues round here spoils a lovely summer's day. Horrible smells of... Old fat built up and, uh, and never cleaned off. You can smell it a mile off. See, I don't like barbecues. I'm not a big fan of barbecues. I never have been. It's quite sweet, but, uh, but to be brutally honest with you, it's just a load of people who are sort of cooking food outdoors. Why not do it properly? Cook it indoors. Sit indoors. Because you just get flies and wasps. And it's always the same. You ever been to a barbecue where they didn't do burgers, sausages, minted kebabs? Always very popular one in the butchers, that. And, and chicken wings chicken pieces, and if you're very lucky, coleslaw, which of course you don't put on the barbecue, but people love that, don't you? But it's always the minted kebabs, and people say it like it's something really exciting. They go, today we've got minted kebabs, like, you know, yeah, like the last barbecue, and the barbecue before that, and then we put out sort of potato salad. Who eats potato salad? And so you sit, oh, you like potato salad, okay. Producer likes potato salad, what can I tell you? And then they go, anybody like a dessert? You think, we've hardly eaten any food here, honestly. The chicken, you bite into it, the blood drips down your chin. You go, it's not cooked. So what you've got to do? You've got to go back to the oven, cook it in the oven, then put it on the barbecue. Makes it a lot easier. I've lost track of the amount of burnt sausages I've put in my mouth. I mean, seriously, I'd be better off chewing bullets. Because these things come out, they don't even resemble a sausage. And the minted lamb kebabs. And what are you supposed to do with the blooming things? They say, they go, oh, it's lovely. Anybody like another minted lamb kebab? So we all put our hand up, you know, dutifully, and we sit there while the fat rolls off the plate and you try to avoid dropping it all over yourself. And what do they always do at barbecues? Strawberries. Always strawberries. We're having strawberries. Good Lord, no. Seriously, again, how exciting. Uh, The Daily Telegraph. Who needs Wimbledon? Picture of uh, Andy Murray. Two weeks after a a bruising defeat. Also, the fraud office and the uh, FA officials to face the carpeting over the FIFA scandal. It's going to be a day of talking about the Queen. And it's going to be a day of talking about uh, whether or not you think the sun were right. Because it's going to run this one. I don't care what anybody says. It's going to run. Whether or not you think the sun were right in running the pictures. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow morning, whether you like it or not, from four o'clock. You can catch up on LBC whenever and wherever you like. We have our podcast service. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can download the LBC app, which is available for uh, iPhones and also for Android phones as well. And we go back years in our archive. You can download today's programme. We have a free podcast for you up in around about 15, 20 minutes' time. And then by 7 o'clock, Carol Vorderman will be in the studio. I've barely left the studio at all. And she's going to be in, and we're going to be talking about spelling, and that'll be for this weekend's in conversation. I wish you a pleasant day at seven. It's Nick Ferrari at breakfast. But now it's the morning news with Lisa Aziz.